0: Tune into the Neil Prendiville show weekdays from 9am on Corks Red FM.
1: Last Red FM. Of numbers for you this morning. The front one of the inside pages in the Star, which really should be on a front page of a newspaper. Says nearly a hundred thousand kids in this country now are living in poverty, and our levels are amongst the worst in Europe. I think that figure is astonishing. The Star describe it as astonishing, particularly when we head into Christmas time, and particularly when the optics are all wrong. When you see wage increases for all sorts. of the people being announced again this morning uh, and some of them um, are uh, for people in the public sector no disrespect to those that are on low wages and hard work and you know entitled to agreements with regards to the government but some members of the public sector have now received either two or three pay increases uh, this week. So while lots of papers are talking about one small jab for Gran and jabby birthday Maggie, uh, the first people, one granny at the age of 90, uh, and uh, all of those that will now get the vaccines rolled out in the UK and indeed in uh, in Northern Ireland and the rest of us uh, in the coming weeks. Um, And in fact, there's a lovely headline in the mail this morning saying, if I can have it at 90, uh, so can you. And the list of those that will get the jab, because there are priority lists, for instance, like Mirror this morning says adults over 65 in long term care, frontline workers. And then they break it down into adults in different age groups um, and so on and so forth, all the way down until the last category, children, teenagers, up to 18, and pregnant women. Uh, So there are 15 different stages to get through. So uh, that is an important story, don't get me wrong, but uh, really the optics with regards to wage increases for former Taoiseachs, for instance, um, uh, judges, even though one judge, Frank Clark, the most, most, um, uh, I think, uh, um, prominent and senior judge in Ireland, says he's not going to take this wage increase, but Bertie O'Hearn, Brian Cowan, this morning, see their pensions jump by 15,000 euro. Um, the former t lots of civil servants in different positions, both current and former, thousands of them all going to see their gilt edge pensions significantly appreciate, which is, um, nothing, there's nothing can be done about this, says Miho Martin and Leo Varadkar. This is just the way things are done. These are the increases that the public sector are entitled to. At the same time, in the last nine or ten months, When uh, student nurses um, are working for free, in fact it's costing student nurses to go to work and it's cost them money and their families money uh, to go to work during COVID-19 and that is just despicable. Uh, On top of that of course then uh, you have all sorts of issues regarding CUMH nurses who are being asked to traipse across the campus to go into an old Cold, drafty old porta cabin for their breaks. So, see the way the world is going or see the way this country is going. I mean, it's amazing because you can't see why Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael could, have, could manage this. I mean, Fianna Fáil's, even members of Fianna Fáil, TDs within Fianna Fáil are saying that, um, like, they're dying on their feet as a political party, particularly online. They have no online presence and any kind of online presence at all for Fianna Fáil is all negative, apparently. So that's what's happening today, and that's the news from overnight. Kay Burley's been taken off the air in Sky. The Mail has that story. Uh, She and a string of Sky News staff have been taken off the air because they launched an inquiry because they broke virus rules to celebrate uh, Kate Burley's 60th birthday. They went to restaurants. She then moved from one to another restaurant after the kind of when everything should have been shut at 11 o'clock at night. I stopped short of using the word curfew because I don't know whether it was a curfew or not. They say it was a curfew after 11 o'clock and she broke that. And then it's alleged that some of them went back to a to a house party afterwards. So Sky seemed to have bounced much faster on that than RTE ever did. They Sky have taken the the key broadcasters off air and kate burley won't be back on the air till till the new year there's a lot from the car courts then like for instance the guy who didn't know that there was a gun down by the car pedals that's a story that makes the car court today or a woman who woke up uh, from her sleep with a three-year-old daughter in the middle of the night to see another woman she'd never seen before standing in the bedroom taking her child from her that's a story before court district court this morning and if you lie under oath there are now much more powerful rules, and this is to clamp down on people who are in court lying to make fake compo claims. It's going to be much easier to prosecute them because, thankfully, they've updated the law on that. And a lot of good colory stories. If you want to walk faster, run faster, think faster, have two cups of coffee, coffee every day. Uh, apparently, it speeds you up. Well, it would do, isn't it? They did a lot of research into that. But caffeine has that effect on you. And do you know the people? Did you ever meet people on the phone who changed? their voice they put on a very posh accent when they're on the phone research now says a third of us do that change your voice when you're on the phone not to pretend that you're somebody else but just to be grander we all know one or two people who on the phone or in in public change their voice completely to sound grander posher more interesting sexier maybe Um, And then the words that come out of your mouth. More research this morning in the sun says that bad language is good for your mental health. Sometimes... The F will only do, they're saying. Sometimes you need to use it. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you should. I think the word would be an awful lot better off without dirty language and cursing and what have you. But turning the air blue, I suppose, how I describe it from time to time, is actually good for your mental health. And apparently, Nigella Lawson is another one that's great with words or changing words. The mail this morning says that she has a bizarre pronunciation for the word microwave. Apparently, she says microwave. I put it in the micro wave. <laughs> I haven't seen the clips. I don't know whether she does it um, seriously or whether it's in jest for fun. And then we have, a little later on this morning, 10 more Christmas jokes that just won't crack you up. They are cornier than corny. And The Sun this morning tells us of the most searched and Googled things in 2020. And if you think the number one search would have been coronavirus or COVID... <laughs> Think again. That was beaten by the US election into first place. And Caroline Flack, misfortunate Girl, who took her own life, she dominates many of the different Google searches, including the overall Google search of the year. She comes in third. Um, she also does comes into the top 10 in people. She comes in at the very top, number one, people we lost in 2020 and many more like that Uh, lots then with regards to different movies but what I was interested in also amongst the sadness of Carla in fact was recipes what recipes were people googling in 2020 to while away the hours brown bread was number one not banana bread, brown bread was number one followed by a scone recipe or perhaps you're one of those that might say scones, what do they say up in Ballydesmond BD, scones or scones, scones yeah, I think it's kind of, it was always like was it like scones in the Olive Cork and then scones on the Rochstown Road. Pizza dough was number three. Apple tart, soda bread, strawberry daiquiris. I uh, can that make sense? A lot of people were, were concocting their own cocktails over the last year. Chickens, chicken recipes, carrot cake, margarita recipe, another cocktail one, and chocolate cakes. So where in the top ten, in the name of God, has the banana cake gone? The Neil Prenderville Show. Lines open at one 850 You can text 86 8104 A lot of people have been asking, and really, honestly, have been asking, about the tent on Patrick Street uh, and the double buggy uh, at Super Dry. And we endeavoured, and in fairness, on a couple of occasions, Seamus did endeavour to try and make contact. But any time we went in, having seen the photograph, the tent wasn't gone. And then there was a photograph of the tent posted uh, overnight, the night before last, But it was an old photograph. So we went in again then at 6 o'clock yesterday morning looking for the lady and she wasn't there. So we made some inquiries as to whether or not that lady and and was there a baby because there was a buggy there, whether she was getting help. And what has come back to me now from some of the key services and the key players is the following. And I just... Typed it up. so I can Get the accurate, accurate figures and stats on it, uh, the, because there was some media tension over the past few, few days regarding a, a family sleeping in a doorway on Patrick Street, and there were photographs of a tent with a buggy up on on social media. So this is, is this is not a family, and there were no children in the tent. Uh, there was a woman, and she, the the woman is, is a client of different mental health services in, in Ireland. So she's involved, and, and she's been involved with the. Uh, Um, the different outreach teams and different GP practitioners uh, for quite some time now she appears to suffer from poor mental health the misfortune and she seems to travel frequently between Dublin and Cork Uh, and to the best of our knowledge she also spends periods of time in hospital so there is accommodation placements for her there are different services attempting to work with her and no more than that can I tell you Point being, she's she's not being ignored, uh, and not that it makes it any less worrying or upsetting to see a tent outside super dry, um, but at least I can tell you that there was no baby there. There may have been a buggy, but, but no baby in the tent. Okay, lines open. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero
0: six. Calls on the way. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM one zero four to one zero six Red FM. Michelle, good morning.
2: Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh,
1: I'm good. The perils of, of shopping and going out, doing a bit of Christmas shopping. What happened to your mum, Dorothy? I, I know you fondly call her Dot. Isn't that right?
2: It is. Yeah, she's known by Dot. Yeah. Um, basically, she was um, in te- oh in a supermarket. I won't name the supermarket in town. Yeah. Um, quite a popular one. Um, and she basically had her shopping trolley with her, as you do. And uh, she was going about her shopping in the supermarket. Now,
1: when you say and shopping big, trolley, uh, you're not talking about the one that you get in the supermarket and put the coin into. This is no, a pulley, a pulley I'm one.
2: No, i it is, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you have never noticed, a lot of the elderly um, would carry around the shopping trolley because it's a lot easier for them to it's carry. It's very
1: practical, yeah
2: it's very practical for them to carry all their stuff in. Yeah. And um, basically she she left it there. She was looking at something in the aisle. She left it beside her for two seconds and um, she picked up an item and the moment she turned, it was gone.
1: In a split um, second? So she
2: was ver- in a split second, whipped, gone, vanished.
1: Good God.
2: Was- she looked around, yeah. but she couldn't see anybody
1: did anybody see anything i mean it must have been reasonably well, she busy. went
2: she went to the security guards in the supermarket and the manager and basically they knew what color her shopping trolley was they did go looking for it and um, she was told then by the manager and um, that they would actually look uh, at the ctb cameras. And um, they would get back to her with a number. And I'm actually currently going up to the Garda station here in, May- in Mayfield yeah. to report it as well. Um, I couldn't get to it all day, so I'm just actually going up there now to report it. it's <sighs> just to make the other people aware, you know, and hopefully that nobody else gets caught because I know a lot of the elderly would carry their purses course, and their bags handy. in their shopping controls. They're trolley. very handy for so somebody. So I'm yeah. asking people. I'm asking people not to do that. Please don't put your valuable possessions in your shopping trolleys. Please don't do that. in fact, if I was an elderly person, if I had, and I'm telling my mom this now as well, if I have my bag, I'm telling them to put it underneath their jackets. For safety because there's lots of people out there and they're cutting the bags as well and they're whipping them on them and it's not fair on them they're the most vulnerable people in cork and we have to protect them
1: and this is the worst time of the year isn't it all year we have incidents like this but at christmas time it just goes it, is. it just yeah, ratchets up and do you mind me asking did she have anything valuable or indeed sentimental in the trolley bag she
2: She had um, two presents that she bought for Christmas and she did have something sentimental in it. Um something that was did, significant
1: to her from her late, from your late dad it I believe. Is, yeah.
2: yeah, my dad my dad passed away over 2 years ago and he it was something small now. He he basically bought her a Harry Potter um bag, you know the ones you get out of pennies? <laughs> I know, yeah. Um oh. but it, it was silly. do You know what it is silly like. Don't, no, it's, don't, no, it's not silly. It's, it's silly, lovely. Silly, but it's lovely. It's it's just sentimental like I mean she just carried it with her um I know, I kept, kept her close to her in the in yeah. the shopping trolleys, but like it, it was gone basically, and and it's, she can't get it back. Yeah, do you yeah. know, it is it's it's sentimental to her. Do you know, when she she's very upset over it.
1: Clearly, all. she is, and she'll be bothered about going out again. And it was of sentimental value to her, and an elderly person, of course. You know. Th- Shouldn't happen yeah. to anybody, but our elderly and most it vulnerable. Shouldn't. It just tells you the type of person that would rob an elderly person like that. So I would think that it's a slam dunk to at least identify uh, this person um, on CCTV because there's cameras in every aisle. Um,
2: well, look, Neil. There are, everybody's wearing masks now, so I mean, how can oh, you kind I of really got that identify anybody?
1: <laughs> I know, but you even know? identifying them is one thing. But unless they're known to the guards, that's another thing. And the bloody mask, of course. Every, you're right. You know. It, even in a bank I now, can't. people are wearing masks. Good God, yeah, I know.
2: I, I'd, be more, I'd be more happy if people would just not put their valuables in a shopping trolley. And if, if the elderly actually put their handbags and stuff like that underneath their jackets so it's protected. And if somebody sees somebody who's looking a bit suspicious yeah. and they think, hang on a minute now, they look a bit dodgy, go to a security guard, go to somebody in the shop and go, look, I actually think they look a bit dodgy there now. Would you mind having a look there now? Because that woman over there is a bit vulnerable and I don't really want to see her getting whipped, well her stuff, getting yeah, taken. Yeah, yeah, I, couldn't
1: have said, I couldn't have said it any better myself. It'd be very interesting to see how you get on with the Gardaí. They'll take a particular interest in that because uh, your mother is elderly and, you know, it can have an awful effect on, you know mental it stability can, yeah, of an elderly yeah. person like that it really can
2: it is yeah she she's she's unlikely to kind of bring in her bag now and she feels a bit kind of
1: uh, no, naked
2: as such you know she doesn't have her easy. handbag with her do you know so There's so um, many
1: people around but, now and you just have to be on your guard 24 7 when you're when you're shopping that's for sure uh, or even if you're you out do. socializing on top of everything else listen um, i i really and truly hope that that person whoever took it that whoever that person is, is caught by the Gardaí, you know. And, um,
2: oh, I do. I hope nobody you know. else has to go through it, to be I know, honest with you. That's my wish. That's my Christmas wish, as the saying goes. I
1: know, I know. Let me know I how you get on with we'll the Gardaí, there, will I you?
2: I will, I will. Thanks very much. Listen,
1: would you mind Would you mind if I gave Dot um, a €50 Euro voucher for Tesco, just as a small little gesture, I have some of them spare so Would you mind if I posted her one with a little Christmas card, perhaps? you know, might make her feel yeah, a little bit that'd better.
2: that'd be lovely. Thanks very much. Okay, yeah. well, Michelle,
1: Thank good you. luck. Good luck with the Garda, Garda station and let us know because I know people listening would like to hear how you got on, okay?
2: I will, I will. I'll contact you and I'd, I'll I'll say how I get on there in a minute. I'm actually parked right outside it at the moment. OK, off Michelle, off team you team go. Get
1: on. Go and do that. That's Thanks important. Thanks very
2: much. Neil. Take care Cheers, now. Thank bye,
1: you. bye, bye, bye.
2: And Merry Christmas. And Jesus, you too, bye. and
1: to your Dosh Take care. You just have to be so, so careful now when you're out and about, you know, with your bag or with your wallet or your phone, but also your shopping bags, because apparently people are targeting uh, shopping bags and trying to even confuse people in crowds as to, uh, you know, your shopping bags getting inverted commas mixed up with there, So be very careful when you're out and about. Talking about mixing things up, I may have, um, I did actually yesterday say that uh, the three lads that were before the court um, b- with regards to the street sign issue um, and blacking out and painting out uh, Victoria, um, that they got fined in court yesterday. That wasn't, or you got fined in court the day before. That wasn't the case. And Jim O'Quayla came back to me. He wasn't in a position to come on air, he said, and that's fair enough. He said, I understand Uh, from listening to the podcast that Neil Neil mistakenly said we were fined in court. This is not true and I expect he misunderstood. Uh, What's actually accurate is the the state failed to convict us. It was on my suggestion, says Diarmuid to the judge, that he decide a donation to charity was appropriate. And the judge praised our good character and the judge praised our integrity. And he did actually, because the headline in the examiner yesterday was that the judge described them as men of the utmost sincerity. Um, so, Dearman said, "My opinion: uh, the judge was relieved not to convict or fine us. It's important that the record be corrected, though, as I'm sure you understand, because my good name is important, as is Tom's and Tony's." Uh, one of the questions that Neil asked on that I asked on air was, "What would the legal fees have been?" And uh, Dearman is suggesting well over a hundred thousand, closer to two hundred thousand euro, I believe, was wasted uh, with regards to public money. Imagine if that was given to St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, Now, he says, will City Hall take this opportunity to hold widespread consultation to form a policy on place and street naming, including the removal of offensive names like Victoria? Uh, Maybe the city will finally read our proposal on naming of streets of Cork. They refused to read it four years ago. I'll speak on the radio if you wish, but let me know when... Uh, so that I'm ready and I need to prepare. Thank you, says Dermot. Yes, so I'm happy to correct that. They were not fined. It was a contribution on their request uh, to be paid instead to St. Vincent de Paul. And that was that's what happened, 250 euro. But when they were up in court, they said some interesting things. Like, for instance, uh, Mr. O'Connor, um, uh, one of the three uh, chaps who were in court for painting out the fine, fine, signs, was asked... Um you know, did he paint out the word Victorian? He says, all I know is I painted the signs. I don't like Victoria. She chopped off people's heads and was called the famine queen. I'm proud of what I've done. He says, uh, I gave it a lash. My grandfather would be proud of me. He went to war. He then came back and was treated like S-H-I-T. Um, he said, uh, it's interesting because they're quite motivated in their beliefs. Uh, we didn't damage nothing. They burned Cork City. They starved the people. They don't care for the houses they burned. This was not criminal damage. It was justice for the Irish people. I personally took offence to what City Council did, including making McCurtain Street the Victoria Quarter. When I heard that, it almost killed my soul. Passionate stuff, in fairness to them. Passionate stuff. And of course, on Friday, uh, the 100th anniversary of the burning of Cork. And we'll talk more about that on Friday. The world, certainly Cork in Ireland was a different place. 100 years ago. Lines are open at 1850, 104 106 Lots from yesterday's programme. Lots of funny Christmas stories. And also, I knew there would be a pushback with regards to dogs eating chocolate. Like Jane says, I love, 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 love the show. However, I'm sick of listening to you talk about how chocolate is not toxic to dogs since all your dogs have eaten chocolate with no consequences. Well, it's true. Like, none of them died or went into cardiac arrest. Um, They may have been a bit busier in the back end of the body department, but other than that, uh, Jane says, chocolate is toxic to dogs, and this is confirmed by professionals whose findings we should listen to, not the lovely Neil Prendival, who is truly knowledgeable, but not in this matter. Chocolate is toxic to dogs, and the fact that your dogs didn't have adverse effects means they didn't consume enough of the poison. Are you? What are you telling me? Do we only have bad chocolate or macchiato chocolate? No, no. But seriously, I'm just giving you my interpretation of it. And they've eaten fairly substantial quantities of it. You know, I'm talking about entire bars of chocolate and one or two occasions actually, boxes of chocolate. Hi, I have absolutely no issue with dogs having chocolate. Any dog we ever owned had lashings of the stuff, and there was never any bother with them. It's just the precious owners that make up the urban myths about dogs and chocolates uh, so that's just a selection there's lots more besides and don't even get me started on on turkeys or turkey disasters i will come back to i will come back to all of that but let me get back to my phone it's gonna be a busy morning pauline good morning good morning i was wondering uh, I why everybody it. was i was wondering why if i was down that area yesterday i was wondering why everybody was going in and out of the holy trinity it's buying christmas cards is it
3: Yes, and they are beautiful Christmas cards in there. I, I go there every year for Christmas cards or else I go to St. Francis Church, you know. And I
1: wondered, the, yeah, people traipsing in and out. and in. I thought, so what's going on? Is a yeah. mass cards. No, the Christmas in the
3: cards. Way, the inside, she said, I've been very busy. Very
1: today. busy, a steady stream. Anyway, you we were yeah. in town. How would you get on around town?
3: I, you see, I have a side problem. And I said, and, and since the COVID started... I'm having bother with my legs as well walking because I have no exercise. I know. And I'm in my 80s now. But anyway, I said, I'll take the chance and I'll get the bus in as far as the mile. And I walked down the side street and into um, Holy Trinity Church. So I got all my cards and I went up to the counter and paid for them and put them into a bag. I came away out and I said... I wonder will i will I try and do it with the shop there I said i won't I won't be able to work. Yeah, I know so i said i sat back I sat down at the bus stop, the number six bus, so I was waiting away there, and the next thing, this man came up to me and he said are you 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 look like the lady who said that uh, got the Christmas cards over uh Holy Trinity shop, yeah, I said i am well he said. I'm sure it was you who left your, your, um, your purse up on the counter. And he said, have a look in your bag there. No. And I looked into the bag. No, of course. No, there wasn't much in it, me, you know. I know. I know. So uh, And he just put the bare amount for just going in and doing one shot and coming back out again. So anyway, I looked in the purse. No, of course. So he turned to me and he said, I'm looking at him foolish when he said it. He said, you, I run back over there and get your purse here to the church. Go away. So, we went away and I went out to the edge of the footpath and I stood waiting for to come out of, what's the name? The, tr- the street there, uh, Father Matthew Street.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's Father uh, Matthew Key onto yeah. Father Matthew Street, yeah.
3: Yeah. So, he came back over and handed it me the purse and I said, May God bless you. I said, And I was going mad after, I never took his name. I thought it was the nicest thing ever that he did, you know?
1: Wasn't that a wonderful thing to do?
3: Wasn't it? It it was super. And like, uh, the number six bus was after coming, and I said, oh, that'll be gone against that man, comes back with my purse. So it wasn't. It was still there, and I was able
1: to get back into the number. You got, you, you got the bustle. You just got momentarily distracted. You see, some people would be worried if a stranger came up to them and asked them to open their bag for fear that yeah. they might might whip something out of it. You know, so like yeah, you, but what I what I can't
3: understand how he how he knew me. You know, but maybe I had this kind of bright purple kind of a jacket on me and my hair is pure white like and maybe I stood
1: out. He just noticed you. Know. You're just w- well dressed yeah. and, and very presentable yeah. and attractive and he noticed you. And ha- yeah. how are you doing for shopping and everything? I mean, have you got someone to help you out there? You said that you weren't up how for it I, yesterday.
3: The, you see, the family usually help me the weekends and I, and I have one or two good neighbours that would give me... A hand if I'm stuck, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but do you like, will you be hand. doing a bit of Christmas shopping on your own? A bit of an old stroll around.
3: Well, I usually do around Douglas now, Tesco and maybe Dunn's and 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 Aldi, you know. I usually, but I have to, I'll have to forget about going into town unless that there's somebody with me, you know.
1: Because I think oh. it would be lovely if we, were, if we were able to pick you up by taxi, bring you into town, you could do the bit of shopping that you need, get the taxi then to bring you home again, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. You see, I, the, my vision and my eyes are very bad news. I know, you know? I know. I've only, only see one
1: eye, you know? Is that a cataract or what? You don't know? It's,
3: it's I have... Uh, as they call it old age and the eye macular degeneration old age I know I know old age and
1: the eye so yeah I know I, I get
3: know. injections for that yeah you know
1: and come here yeah. will you get Otherwise, the will you get the coronavirus vaccine
3: oh god I will <laughs> okay, I, I might as well
1: chance it absolutely you know? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean,
3: I know. As I tell my friends, I'm in the departure lounge now, right?
1: Yes? Yeah, but delay well, the departure I, for as long as you can. But
3: you're lo- listen, I tell them, I say to them, I'm all right. I'm booked with right here, and they're
1: always late. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well, well I hope you have. I hope late. you have a lovely Christmas, and it will be lovely to find that gentleman and to reward him in some way, shape, or fashion. I
3: know. I know. I'd love. I mean, just kicking myself now that I didn't get
1: his name, you know. I know, but you never I mean, know who might yeah. be listening. We'll see if we've any luck in that regard and we'll reward yes. him in our own way, all right? Listen, yes. happy Christmas yes. to you, Pauline. Lovely talking to and you. you,
3: Neil, too.
1: Mind yourself
3: and all your family. Take bye, care. If you
1: need bye anything, bye. come back. We're always here to help and there's lots of Cork people out there who would jump to your help as well if you need it. Back after the break, text 868
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM.
1: Just um, with regards to the newspapers a while ago, the words that people mispronounce, i say we'd have an awful lot of fun on that on air if we got stuck into it and I was mentioning Mike, uh, Nigella Lawson and how she pronounces the word microwave. Have a listen.
4: But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the micro-Wave. <laughs>
1: it's worth playing again. But though. I
4: still need... A bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed
1: in the micro-wave. The micro-wave. I love it all day long. It's quirky ways of changing words. Um, You know, it's fine then if you're going in and out on the bus and what have you, but if you have a listen to this email, I don't know how quickly you will get on a bus. Just for the record, I don't want to take a call on air about this. I simply wanted to bring it to your attention and the attention of Prendival's show in the morning for the safety of others. I boarded the bus on uh, Patrick Street on the way to the CUH yesterday. I had my mask on of course. The driver, Anel Elderly man with glasses had no mask on. He let on what seemed like enough people as the seats filled quickly. He left more people on at the second stop and continued to do so till all the seats were full and people were standing in the aisles. Among these people were elderly people, women with babies in prams, school children. A few people weren't wearing masks. There were no windows open. I decided to get off the bus at the lock as I found this carry-on absolutely insane just one week from a Level 5 lockdown. As I was leaving, I asked the driver if he thought this was within restrictions, and he simply shrugged and said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I contacted customer services immediately, but was fobbed off, and told to contact customer care by email, which I did. No email back all day. I notified the guardie. They told me they'd look into it. Now, I'm not one to just go around whining, but I was on the way to drop off supplies for a relative who's sick in the CUH. I was then planning to visit my grandmother who lived nearby. I sincerely hope no one on that bus had COVID. Because if they did, every single one of us who was on that bus has it now. And whoever I came in contact with afterwards has it as well. I'm really peed off about this. The absolute lack of care from all, uh, especially the bus driver. Um, I believe, and this is the emailer saying this, not me, I believe he should be fired. What a disgrace. You can't have someone from another household over to yours for Christmas. But you can get on a jam-packed bus, a hotbed from for a deadly virus on Patrick Street for just €2.40. Where's the logic? Where's the enforcement? I'm truly sickened by this. Please, for the safety of others going forward, try to address this on tomorrow's show, as no one else seems to give a damn. Now, they tell us to have... Win- Thank you for that. Appreciate it, uh, from Alex. Um... You would think that the windows would be open firstly because they're saying fresh air is the way forward. They seem to be learning that later than they should have because uh, with lots of other pandemics in the past, particularly in the 50s, all of the windows were thrown open. Uh, But it seems as if the driver on that bus just had a very laissez-faire attitude to people coming on. He just filled up the bus like the old days. Even the aisles were full. So, like... That clearly is contravening all sorts of laws. So we asked Bus Aaron about it and they said, please please allow us a little time to look into the specifics. But in general, I can confirm that Bus Aaron operates in accordance with public health guidelines and capacity is limited to 50%. Face coverings are compulsory for drivers... When passengers are boarding and alighting. We've enhanced cleaning measures, including overnight deep cleaning. And these measures should be evident on all bus services. We'll take these details for investigation and we will follow up. And that's from a spokesperson at Bus Aaron. So I'll be awaiting a follow up on that. Like cleaning a bus overnight is of no use at all. If the buses are going to be full with punters all day long. Um, And, you know, they say that face coverings are compulsory for drivers. They're also compulsory for passengers. Uh, so we know the bus and we've told them the time of the bus i always i always hate when people talk about wanting people fired or sacked i prefer if somebody could have a word with someone even a stern word sometimes you might even need to have the row Uh, but sacking somebody i always think that's a step too far so i hope to god that that doesn't happen but passed on anyway because that bus driver needs to improve his ways meanwhile back to the phone lines we go 1-850-104-106 john good morning Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we're hearing of all sorts of people within the public sector, uh, and also ex-teachers and all sorts of people like that, and ex-ministers getting huge pension increases uh, this morning. Some of them up to fifteen grand. Uh, you wanted to pick up on that?
5: Yeah. Well, um, it was like it was actually about the, the double payment for the, the social
1: welfare recipients. Yeah, but they're all they're all related. Whether it's whether it's student nurses having to work for nothing. Uh, whether yeah. it's uh, ninety seven thousand five hundred children in this country now living below the poverty line, or your case regarding the double payment for Christmas,
5: they're all yeah, related. Well, like, I, 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 yeah, like I, I, just to clarify, I have no issue with anyone getting the double payment. My issue is with who's not getting the double payment. And uh, uh, mother, mother, women on maternity leave at the moment they're 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 not they're they're being overlooked for the double payment. Like in... i I was just wondering why no government minister it hasn't been raised like it's just to me like it's like another slap in the face for working women and working families like you know you you can struggle away by like you don't you don't need it like and you know with the air that's in it and everyone else getting it i'm just wondering if anyone can clarify why women on maternity benefit have been overlooked for the payment like did they
1: ever get did they ever get a double payment at christmas time
5: uh, I I'm assuming that like you know, but there's there's lots of people never got a double payment, but it seems to be it's like uh, the, as I said here year that's in it, it's it's a bit of a free for all for the double payment this year. And again, like I, I have no issue with anyone getting the double payment, like if that's what the government want to do. But why why is this w- one group of of women being being overlooked? Like you know, they're they're. Obviously, if they're on, they're on maternity leave, they're, they're working women, but they're on obviously reduced reduced money for six and, months. B- and think. it's a state payment, so it should really it, it, qualify. It, it, yeah. it, it, like I, I just assumed when they announced that all social welfare payments would be a double payment this year because of the pandemic. Like from like you applied to the social welfare department for the maternity benefit, like so I was assuming you know that it would be, and mm. it's not. It's not the case. Like, and I'm just wondering why why that is why uh, like, it's, it's kind of from what I can see it's just again it's a typical of a Fianna why Fianna would they be excluded
1: uh, yeah okay, okay. it's
5: just attacking it's, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's you know it's making like difficult uh, working family like you know and the double payment is quite sly in the sense I believe unless it's changed and I don't think it was that you had to be 17 weeks on a pop payment to actually qualify for the double payment of Christmas which I think is very unfair, actually, for somebody who went on the pub payment 15 weeks ago, as an example. You know? it,
5: it, it is, especially when there's, there's people on the pub payment that, have, that are on it because of, that, because of government decisions. Like, you know, like if you were a, a bar worker or something, it's not, your, it's not your choice to be on that payment. Good like,
1: point. You know? Let's, thank you for that. Let's see also if uh, women on maternity leave have an opinion on that. But appreciate you taking the call. Thank you for that, John. I want to talk to Solidarity TD Mick Barry, just to make sure i got all my ducks in a row. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. So, is it true, correct me if I'm wrong, that this morning Bertie Ahern and Brian Cowan's pension has grown by 15 grand a year?
6: Um, I'm not sure whether it's 15 grand, but they've certainly, the pension cuts that they had 10 years ago at the time of austerity uh, was reversed at the cabinet meeting yesterday. So, that's uh, Bertie Ahern, that's Brian Cowan, that's Enda Kenny, and it's 4,000 top civil servants.
1: Wow. Um, the optics in this are all wrong. I heard Leo Varadkar this
6: morning saying, Morning Ireland, there's nothing they can do about that. Well, of course there's something they can do about it. Um, there's also a, a 2% increase for uh, judges, uh, and there's uh, big increases for the whips of the political parties. All of this is in the week after a motion which I put to the doll last week pay student uh, nurses for work that they do in our hospitals was voted down by government tds so it's one rule for the top civil servants the ju- the, the the judges and the uh, political party whips it's a different wor- uh, rule altogether for our nurses, our student nurses and as your last caller says, our social welfare recipients.
1: I was talking with, or at least reading some texts and emails out from student nurses during the week, it's costing them money to go to work, to buy their uniforms, to buy their shoes, to pay their transport it's actually costing them to go into the CUMH or to go into the CUH um, to help people during COVID and all other illness and health related matters, that's a disgrace like
6: well, it's costing them in a number of different ways. Uh, first of all, they are students, uh, and as students, uh, they are forced to pay fees. So the fees for the nursing course can vary from €3,000 a year to 7500 a year. Then in the second place, um, a lot of student nurses would have had uh, alternative employment, uh, maybe at the weekend, uh, in order to put food on the table and pay the rent. Yeah. Um, say for example, working in a nursing home, uh and because of the COVID situation and the danger of cross contamination, when they went into the hospitals to start their duties in the hospitals, they had to give up those jobs. Yeah. Now, because of the furore that was kicked up, the government has been forced into saying, Okay, if you're if you have to give up a job, you can get the pandemic unemployment payment For that job, yeah. 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 Uh, but not to go to work. Not to go to work, yeah. no. Um, and then
1: those that want to take a break at the COMH have to traipse across the concourse mm-hmm. into an old porta cabin for their break.
6: Yeah, there's, in the uh, centre of excellence. There's new porta cabins have been uh, have been set up there, and I understand that the authorities in the in the in the hospital want the midwives in particular to take their canteen breaks in these um, in these uh, cabins, which, as you say, are, are some distance away. What happens? If, the, if they're on emergency call and have to go dashing back up. I think the basic point there is that, you know, the hospital authorities do have a concern about, um, uh, you know, uh, minimizing the COVID risk, but you can't put in place any agreement for canteen facilities for midwives without the agreement of the midwives. Oh, I know, but so it's just, I would have thought, I know, I'm not be-
1: going to drill into that too much because I would, just would have thought that the hospital was big enough to facilitate them in a better way. So, what, what also, Leo said this morning that the public sector has got between two and three pay increases this year. Is, it, is that fair? I mean, some describe that as obscene.
6: Well, if, 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 you see, you have to look at what the pay increases were, okay? So uh, I think. But, but does it does it actually matter
1: when others have lost their job on pandemic payments or reduced wages? Many many people took twenty percent pay cuts this year.
6: Sure, but I think there was uh, an agreement there with the public sector unions for staggered pay increases, and you'd be looking at one percent at the start of the year and one percent at the end of the year. When you add them up in the round, they're very small pay increases, and you have to remember the people we're talking about here include the likes of our nurses who are keeping the hospitals going and include the likes of our teachers who are keeping the schools going you know and um, so so those small increases and um, they, they're important for those workers we're not ta- talking about multiple increases for the big wigs when, when you talk about that one
1: so this is a fait accompli there's nothing to be done with it about it then it just happens year in year out and in this case we're throwing into the mix former Taoiseach's pensions for uh, you know, bank regulators, thousands of other senior public civil servants. That's just the way it is, is it?
6: Um, well, Fianna Fáil, Fine and the Greens seem to be quite firm in it. Um, solidarity People Before Profit have decided to uh, not just take the increase, but not, not, not to accept the, uh, the WIPs allowance any longer. Um, and the issue that we will be highlighting today uh, is the question of pay for student nurses. I mean, the nurses are uh, being forced to do work, in, the, asked to do work in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, they're putting themselves on the front line. They're putting themselves at risk. There's 50 nurses having to go home every day because of COVID-related problems. Yeah. And uh, the idea that the, those student nurses are not paid, that's a scandal, and we want to increase the pressure on the government today. And if we can use the, the pay increases for the, the whips and the judges have a stick to beat them with, well, then we'll do that. Okay,
1: well, I'll let you get on with that. Stay in touch. Mick Barry, Solidarity TD, one 104 106. We're back after 10.
0: Cork's Red FM, Ireland's
1: Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year. Okay, something to look forward to, lads. We're doing some great giveaways at the moment with the Glen Eagle Group of Hotels every single day, I'm giving you an opportunity to uh, listen out for our cue to call, and you'll be off to a Glen Eagle Hotel, which will have live music, uh, sooner rather than later says you hotel breaks spa treatments dining out all yours this christmas time you can get yourself a gleneagle group gift card and then you can choose what you want to do in any of the gleneagle hotels okay so you're listening out for the Glen Eagle gift cue to call All right, so that's this morning. So without overly uh, complicating things, this is what you're listening out for. And when I play it again later on this morning, pick up the phone on one 104 106 to win for yourself one of our Glen Eagle Group gift cards. Your choice then as to where you want to go in the different Glen Eagle hotels. And I'll tell you more about that uh, throughout the course of the morning. But this is the cue to call.
7: A world of experiences await with a Glen Eagle Group gift card. So call now to claim your special Christmas gift from the Glen Eagle Hotel Group.
1: And it's a, yeah, a two-night midweek break uh, for uh, one, of, in Ireland's, one of Ireland's leading hotels, the Brehen in Killarney, including breakfast each morning uh, and the Angsanga Spa. You're right there next to Killarney National Park, okay? So that's this morning's one when you hear that cue to call. And if that wasn't enough for you, a 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers. It's day three of the giveaway for Michelle Jewelers on Patrick Street. Glamorous, fashionable, retail jewelers. The best of them in Cork City. So, Michelle, always come on board at Christmas time. And today and this week is no exception. So, a €200 euro voucher. And you're listening out for... Um, firstly, you need to identify. These are very tight, stitched together. Three Christmas songs. I will need the artists and titles in the right order. Again, just before midday today. Have a listen. <laughs> I mean, it's tough... First one's very tough. Third one's all right, I think. One and two, iffy. So I'll play those again a couple of times between now and 10 to midday. Lines are open at one 104 106 Text 86 eight six eight one 106 It's mental busy this morning on lots of different topics. Can I just... Just stay on um, issues regarding, say, for instance, uh, payments and double payments at Christmas time, one point six million people across the country receiving their pandemic unemployment payment Christmas bonus morning Neil I'm a nurse with the HSE we don't even get a thank you from them. I worked through the whole pandemic, and all we got was a clap. Rosemary says members of the government have taking home six figure incomes between their wages and expenses, uh, but sure it's the poor people that are the problem. Workers should be better paid. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't pin this on people who are struggling, complaining about those who get a double payment at Christmas. There's rent and heating to be paid, Christmas presents to be got. People didn't ask to lose their jobs in a pandemic. Pandemic. Well said, Rosemary. Uh, Sandra says, "I feel really sorry for all frontline nurses and doctors. They do deserve a Christmas bonus. They're the most important people who put their lives on the line every day." I'm on the COVID payment myself, which is no fault of mine. I can't work with this COVID. I'm 20 years in my job I've been out of work since March my life has changed so much and I'm used to working Arnold says my wife works in a private nursing home for 16 years nurses in the HSE are well paid plus they get all the incentives pensions annual leave benefits and so on they've earned more than what a nurse earns with a private employer there's no lump sum pension when they retire in the privates Uh, We cannot have the best of both worlds. I'm just happy that my wife comes home healthy, even though she's super tired after the shift." That is the best bonus she and our family will get for Christmas, and I'd imagine for years to come. Melanie says, I've been looking at the comments on how basically some people should get off their butts, stop being lazy and find a job. Well, my mother is deaf and on disability allowance. It took me eight months for me to get her a job somewhere because no one was hiring. Uh, Oh, sorry, it took me eight months to get me a job because no one was hiring. I can say with all honesty and truth, when she was unemployed and only had her disability allowance, she struggled. She pays her taxes like everyone else. My point is, it's not always black and white. There are no jobs anywhere. Some people are lazy as many people say on your program. But anyone I know who's unemployed, I've seen the effect it has had on them. And they lost all hope of ever getting a job. It's not the people that need to change their attitudes, it's the system. Some people will never want to work. Others will, can't and need assistance. Nora says, some people depend on this Christmas bonus to create a bit of Christmas for their families. Thousands have lost their jobs and they need that bonus. By the way, where do you think your children's allowance comes from? Or your family income support? Or your sick pay? It all comes out of the social welfare pot. So include yourselves in the sponge category. Anybody that gets children's allowance. Most people on social welfare have worked for years to be able to claim this. And if they didn't, their parents did. Keep your snouts in your own troughs. Maria says, I'm a frontline worker and I say good luck to anyone can get a double payment. Anyone on the PUP did not choose to be out of work. And finally for now, Sheila says, the only people who don't get a bonus are the poor fools who go out to work Every single day. Uh, that's just a selection. Keep them coming and I'll read out some more text. 0868 104 106. We got calls on the way. After I do one now, if you don't mind, uh, because I see them backing up there. Caris, good morning. Good
4: morning. Neil. Uh, How are you? So
1: you went from maternity straight on to pop? Is it?
4: I did, yeah. Because unfortunately, um, I worked for the airline, so due to the pandemic, there's no operation, it's not operational at the moment. I know, I know. So, I know. unfortunately, they're, I no other choice, but to go on it.
1: But you so... weren't on the pub long enough to get a double payment? No, I'm on it 13 weeks. See, I think that's very unfair.
4: I just think it's it should just be, like, times are hard enough. Like, we still have bills to pay. Christmas is coming, Santa... Yeah everything yeah. else like you know and
1: you're over three months on it but you don't get a christmas bonus but if you'd been 17 no. weeks you would get it
4: yeah
1: like, shouldn't it be automatic um, for anyone on the pop payment no
4: well that's what i would have thought yeah i think it should just be across the board that if you're on it you're on it and considering as well i've come from maternity leave payments which is another social welfare payment like that's i think that should be taken into account as well you know what I mean? It's just um, no. I just think it's all wrong. Just, just you know, we didn't ask. Like I'd, I'd much rather be back at work, yeah, earning my would. own wage, and everything else. You know. But um, and we've got. we've no, we, we, we pay, i paid enough tax throughout the years and everything else. So I think I. W- w- across the board, we should be.
1: I think it was. You're on it, you're I think, on think it. it's very cold and very unfair that in your case and others like you, three months or three and a half months on a pub payment, and because of. You're not 17 weeks, you don't get it. And is there any yeah. sign of, of going back? Maybe will it be all vaccine related, I guess it will?
4: Um, it's all up in the air at the moment. Um, the last meeting we had, um, they were talking maybe phased flying, maybe looking at April 21, but they, it may not be, until, who knows, everything is changing, Do You know, they're just kind of taking it day by day.
1: April
4: oh, of next year, year. Yeah, yeah. April of next year, if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. I just think I just had to send in the text to you there because I just think if you're on it, you 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 should be entitled to it, you know, especially with the current situation. One hundred percent. Up to Christmas, it's, like it's not easy, you know. Yeah, Where? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> scraping,
4: as
1: it is. It's wrong. It's wrong. I think, uh, you know, I've said it twice already. I'm not going to repeat it again. But appreciate you taking the call. Thanks, Coris. And hopefully, you'll be back flying again in the new year. Take care.
4: Perfect. Thank you, Neil. Um,
1: Bye. The guards are suggesting that there could be a lot more by way of fake COVID payments, right? I can't say much about this because it's before the courts this morning. But you might have heard in the news there that the Guardi are suspecting that there are other cases of individuals and gangs who were defrauding the state of unemployment payments. Uh, and one suspect, a West African national, suspected of stealing over 165 grand from the state, um, is alleged to put together 70 fake pandemic unemployment pay- payment applications. Now, that case is before the court this morning. So we won't say much more than that, but I can tell you that the guards believe that the 165 grand is gone and will never be um, recovered. And they suspect that there are others Um, also making these kind of false claims. Uh, This was a very interesting one because it's alleged, um, that this regard, this was related to a thing called phishing. Uh, It was an email that was allegedly sent pretending to be from the court services, and it was sent out to people telling them that they were selected for jury service. So over 70 people then responded to this fraudulent message. And they gave personal data because they were asked for personal data. And I would imagine amongst the personal data they were asked for was their PPS number. And then the allegation is that that then allowed um, 70 fake PUP applications to be made using uh, people's PPS number. What it does show really to me is how easy it would be if you wanted to defraud the PUP scheme. Now, imagine maybe people have Reviewers are saying that they'll come after them. Don't know whether they will or not. But if you ever did apply for a pub payment, you'll agree with me that it was very, very easy to get it. So in this case, we'll see what happens in, I think it's in Mallow Court a little later on this morning, uh, with regards to this, um, we'll come back to it when there's an update on what happens in court. Back after the break. The
0: Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at
1: NeilRedFM. you got to be so careful, you really do, and I keep hammering on at this. Rose says by text, Hi Neil, elderly people also need to be careful going into churches during the day. I watched a young girl watching an elderly lady, and I know she was about to snatch her bag. She would probably have dragged her to the ground. I ran after her, and she stopped and glared at me. I had the umbrella ready to flake her. I followed the elderly lady for a while to make sure she was okay. She had no clue what nearly happened. Says Rose by text to oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. So be wide out there. Be wide. That email from Sandra. I'm a nurse in the HSC. We don't even get a thank you. I worked through the whole pandemic, and all I got was a clap. Never in our wildest dreams would we receive a would we receive a bonus. We broke our backs through the pandemic and taxed more than we should usually be taxed. We did more hours, paid more tax. We would love this bonus, this payment. Uh, I don't envy all these people who lost their jobs. They do deserve it. But it's the likes of those who have no incentive to work or never even bothered to look for a new job that annoys me. Uh, I would ask them to spend it wisely, says Sandra. So a lot of the texts I've been reading really are a response to that text, um, she says that uh, they worked through the whole pandemic and all they got was a clap. I'm sure they were grateful for the clap, but money would have been better. Um, I wonder, could we just, I know that there was a call there that I was just going to, t- yes, it's there. Thank you, Chloe's on six. Chloe, good morning. Did you want to respond to that?
8: Yeah, I did. Good morning. How morning. are
1: you? Good, thanks. What, what do you make of it?
8: Um, when I thought I was very annoyed, to be honest, because... She said she worked through the whole pandemic, but there's other healthcare workers out there like her that worked through it as well. Like for myself, I worked, I had to stay away from family for three months myself because I was working through the pandemic on an eight to eight shift.
1: As a healthcare assistant?
8: Five days as a healthcare assistant, yeah. I had to stay away for family and I didn't even think I'd see them for Christmas.
1: And you were dealing with a lot of elderly patients then so you needed to to keep them safe and needed to keep your family safe, yeah.
8: Yeah, I needed to keep my family safe and keep the patients safe so I chose to isolate myself away from my own house and my own family but that would put myself at risk as well not knowing if I was going to see my family for Christmas, do you know I And how
1: did you do that, do you mind me asking?
8: And um, we were—I was allocated into like somewhere like a hotel, you know. Yeah, 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 like that. But when I saw that, it made me very angry because there's pe- there's families out there that need that bonus. They get the bonus <laughs> one time at Christmas, and every other week is their normal payment. Yeah. When she's been working, I to be fair, I give credit where credit's due. I know the hours they work and the work they do was brilliant. Working in this virus. But every other week, them families are just getting a normal payment that they have to try and spare for bills, put food on their children's table, and get other bits to keep their children happy and give their their children a happy Christmas. They like if you're, you're not, ma- if
1: you're struggling fifty weeks of the year, um, and then Christmas comes, you're going to be doubly struggling on the same amount of money. You need extra, extra assistance.
8: Because you know, do you know this day and age. Toys aren't cheap and every parent wants to give the child a good Christmas because Santa makes the toys, you know. Mm. And for someone that's working with the HSE, and what annoyed me about it was she said HSE. So it's okay for someone from the HSE to get a bonus, but someone that's working in a normal nursing home that isn't with the HSE, they don't deserve a bonus.
1: Would there be a big difference in the two jobs, say somebody doing your job in the HSE and somebody doing your job as you are in the private sector?
8: Yeah, there will be a difference in in the pay. Like someone from the HSE will be paid 15 to 16 euro an hour, where someone working in a normal nursing home that wouldn't be part of the HSE could only be paid kind of 11 or 12 euros.
1: Yes, yes,
8: yeah. You know, so yeah. there is a difference and she put it out there that because she's working in the HSE and she's working in a hospital, she deserves a bonus. But what about all the
1: other carers that are working? Well, she, yeah, she Normally, did say that, you but know. she also said it's the likes of those who have no incentive to work or never even bothered to look for a job that annoy me. And yet they're rewarded with double payments at Christmas time. And, and then uh, that would lead you on to others then who are claiming welfare and claiming all sorts of state aid and Working on the side, you know, and they know every trick in the book. So, I, I know it, I know comments like that become quite divisive because it ends up with people arguing amongst themselves. Um, but I suppose there's always going to be people who are going to, uh, who are going to, um, you know, be dishonest in their applications, you know.
8: There is, there is, there's always kind of greedy people out there, but, um.
2: So I they, think so
8: when she said that people are on the payment because they're not looking for work and they just want to be on the payment because they're not bothered to go out and get a job, that's not true. Like, how? who would she to say that because she don't know if they're not looking for work? You know, there could be someone over 60 that can't work because she could have an illness that she's afraid herself in case she catches the virus and that's the reason why she's on that payment because she can't work
1: and you so you spent a lot of time just finally in a hotel did you ever get to see your family or did you see them at a distance or what
8: no i no i didn't see them at all (laughs) for how long for uh, it was from kind of the end of october to kind of i don't know it was about two two months i'd say Wow. In three months, yeah.
1: So it was just kind of Zoom calls or WhatsApp videos and Yeah, like it was
8: that. just kind of like, you know, through Facebook, FaceTiming and stuff like that. It was very hard because it was the stress of the, the pandemic. and some
1: might, some might say, oh, moving into a hotel for a while sounds like a, a lot of fun. But I'd say it's quite the opposite, is it?
8: No, it wasn't a lot of fun. You were stuck in the hotel room 24-7 and... Um, like for myself, I'm a smoker, so if you wanted to go down for a fag, you couldn't even have the legs of a fag because you weren't left outside the door of your hotel.
1: No, room-like. no fun, no fun. Yeah, no. Okay, listen, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for taking the call, Chloe. No, Look, no, a Happy no, Christmas. Thank you thank appreciate you. it. Just thank two quick ones you. on that. Kelly says, I'm on a carer's allowance as my daughter is disabled, so I get this bonus. I don't agree with it, but it goes a long way to make sure the bills are paid and putting food on the table. I don't blame the people on social welfare. There isn't enough. There isn't enough incentives to get people working as they'll lose their medical cards. They'll lose their rent allowance if they take a job particularly a menial job. No one asked for it, but most of us are very grateful for the Christmas bonus. It's a very interesting point. Why would you go back to a low-paying job and lose your medical card and lose your rent allowance? And Carmel says, us healthcare workers should be glad that we're even working. I don't care what anybody says. I'm glad to be working, and I'm very much underpaid. My heart goes out to anyone that is idle at the moment. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have to get up in the morning. For everyone stuck at the moment, I send you love and best wishes. Enjoy your double payment. Enjoy your Christmas bonus. God knows life is hard enough. So thank you for those texts. I'll come back and visit some of those a little later. Dan, good morning. Good
9: morning. I heard you mention about the top people's pay in the country.
1: Yeah, no, particularly particularly yeah. former Taoiseachs who probably yeah. have all sorts of fingers in other pies, but are entitled yeah, and- to... yeah.
9: That's right. And Neil, a lot of them are appointed to board. That's,
1: that's, of this thing that's and that just that thing.
9: But yeah. I came across an after- there some time ago, and I was on the business post. Well, about the helm between 2011 and 2015. And remember, those years 2011 and 2015 were very bad years in this country.
1: They certainly were. Yeah, the Celtic Tiger had. He
9: had died. pension payments in those five years. He had pension payments of seven hundred and twenty-six euros. You okay. couldn't, if you weren't in the lottery to, to like win so in the lottery. probably a
1: few different pensions in there, isn't there? There would be a pension oh, course, TD, course. pension Sorry. minister, pension t
9: And all, yeah. And, and, and Mary Harney's mentioned as well. Mary Mary Harney had 649,000 over, over those five years. And people struggling in this country over those five years. Mm, mm, mm. I, and, Neil, look, that's going on for years all these cloak and dagger stuff, pensions and uh, and, uh and all the bodies, the boards and this and boards and that and all things. Like that. That's going on for years in this country. And it will never change
1: alright my man thanks for the observations lines open one 104 106 text 086-8104-106 we'll pick it up after the break
0: talk to Neil Printerville now 1851
1: 106 Red FM ok a lot of fun yesterday with different stories regarding calamities or uh, mortifications my stepmother put the turkey outside the house she lives on a farm in West Cork she put it out there to defrost it the dogs were faster than her and they took the turkey away it was Christmas Eve and there was no way she could find another turkey to buy she started racing the dogs and she fought for the turkey back she never told us she took the turkey from the dog's mouths to feed us we're a big family there were 24 people for dinner that day she washed the turkey she cooked it and served it when she had a couple of drinks in she, she decided to tell us the story oh my god everybody was disgusted says erica well didn't kill you I don't know whether you noticed a couple of uh, bite marks in your turkey breast or what have you. Um, I went from my house to the shop one day for a scratch card. I was a minute's walk from the house. I returned and later that evening I looked out my door and saw my jeep was not in the driveway and I thought the jeep was stolen. I rang the guards. They said they'd send a guard to the house. As I was waiting, I went outside and asked my partner and the young fella next door, "Did they see anything, or did they see my jeep around?" I was walking around waiting. And there was the car outside the shop. Uh, I thought I'd walked for the scratch card. The man in the Fairfield store still laughs to this day. Loves telling customers the story. You drove to the shop and you walked home unbeknownst to yourself. Morning. Have you heard any other stories of wet pubs, um, public houses, Open around the city. I know one, I know of one close to the city. There's no food, no social distancing, and the guards were in there at the weekend, but nothing was done. I went there once when the bars were allowed open with table service and social distancing, but I left because everyone was going to the bar and you could never guess there was a pandemic on. There was no distancing in the place. I think it's unfair on bars that spent money to make their businesses safe and they're not able to be open now, says Joe. Well, nor are the others who are not who are supposed to be open if they're only serving drink. Um, you're telling me that there was one particular one that you knew of that was. Um, and I know that there were others around the country because you hear about it. My son works in retail. They've worked all the way through the pandemic and their company cut their Christmas bonus back in April. Got rid of it. Even though they have traded all year and have been busier than ever, they're still not giving them a Christmas bonus. All they got as a thank you was a 50 One for all card, uh, which for the staff was just like a slap across the face. It just goes to show how greedy companies are, says Mary. Okay, maybe it should have been more than the 50. I don't know what the turnover of the company was. It's interesting because not everybody takes one for all cards. I have a couple of those burning a hole in my wallet. I'll spend them eventually. But I was buying stuff inside the Smiths toys last weekend and they said, no, we don't take them. I said, they're as good as cash. no. In fairness to the staff, it's nothing to do with them. They're only doing their job. But you would think the one for all would be taken everywhere. I mean, I don't understand why not. Anyway, back to a story from earlier on this morning. And I did make a point to clarify some things that I said yesterday regarding the court appearance of three quark gentlemen um, with regards to defacing the Victoria word on signs and street signs and what have you. And Dearbud Oquela came back to me just to clarify. Um, and that prompted some texts, which I'll come back to in a minute. But let me just get a call or two on this and as well. But Paul, good morning. Uh oh, good morning. How are you? Neil? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You wanted, to pick, good. Up, you wanted to pick up. You wanted to pick up on that. Now, can I just say, Dermot O'Quayle is here. So, good morning, Dermot. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Um, uh, happy to clarify that for you earlier on. But, Paul, what's on your mind?
10: Well, it was just as you were saying the idea of a uh, hundred thousand euros uh, going on a case like this, and I'm wondering what exactly the point of everything is here in uh, making it uh, that. Somebody can go to court and decide on their penalty. Well,
1: just on that point, I had asked a question. as What were the legal costs involved in this case? And Diarmuid was suggesting it could have been upwards of close on 200,000 euro. 200,000? 200, oh, that's good. as the of No, that's on Somebody. legal fees to solicitors and court time and everything. Yes, that's usually the way it works. Uh
10: Unfortunately, I, I, I find the thing amusing in, in one particular way uh, that if uh, something is going to be done in the Irish language that perhaps we should have an Irish language court.
1: Yeah, well, you're entitled to have your court case heard in Irish, aren't you,
11: Dermot? Yes, we, part of the process was we established that right in the High Court. Yeah, we like got an order in the High Court saying that the first official language was acceptable in our courts.
1: Yeah, and so it should be. You have a problem with that, Paul, yeah. is it?
10: I don't have any problem with that at all. Uh, My problem is that if I was Romanian or if I was Russian, I could understand it. But the fact is, if they're that confident uh, about it being the first language, then surely it should all just be done in
1: Irish. Yeah, well, no, not everybody speaks. That's just being silly. I mean, if you were Romanian uh, or, or Russian, you would get an interpreter provided. Yes, Okay. yes. And it would be. And
10: don't forget, English is also an official language in the States. Well, you might be surprised because you think you find that most things are printed in English and in Irish.
1: But are you saying that you, you wanted to. You were suggesting that Diarmuid said that he, he decided the outcome of his own case, is it?
10: Well, that's the impression I got from it that uh, he had almost won the case in such a case is that you're allowed to do what you want with it. There uh, when you come in,
1: you say I find it well, interesting. The Dimarocuella's case, he decided the outcome of the case. He decided the penalty. Is this the new norm?
11: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you could say that that is what happened. But we do have a, a procedure in the court where people are allowed to argue their points, and we had argued very strongly and with lots of referencing that we had lawful excuse for what we did. Now, on the balance, in fairness to the judge, he didn't accept our argument in full, and he was reluctant, very obviously reluctant, to brand us as criminals. And he didn't do that. So the effort of the state to prosecute us failed. And I'm, it was not it was I'm not saying that you're a criminal. course, I, 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 and I'm not. I've never had a criminal offense against me in my life, and I would be horrified at the thought of it. But it was, uh, the point I was making was, it was actually my suggestion, and I think the judge was relieved at it. was that, look, wouldn't an appropriate thing be, given the time of year, that we make a contribution to some worthy charity?
1: So this entire so this case, case then, then cost, cost money but the, this, the entire case, this entire mm-hmm. case, this entire case costs the taxpayer upwards of close on 200,000 yes. euro to That's impose, amazing. to impose a suggested contribution of 250 euro mm-hmm. to Vincent de Paul imagine that's ludicrous better
11: to give what is the better to the prosecution should never have been brought. It was pointless. They should have just engaged with us and discussed, and there would have been no issue. There was a, would have been no street signs painted, nothing. But all that money wasted, gross, irresponsible handling of public money. And uh, we had pleaded, don't let this continue, because, of course, had we been convicted, it was going the next step. In fact, it was going to go back to the High Court to see could we get a jury. Okay, okay, so, like, okay. Because... Our good name is important to us, and on such an obscene thing as naming streets in our city after someone who committed genocide against our own ancestors, something like that is never I was existed. watching the
1: RT Double documentary there, and they had a very learned Irish professor working in America say that um, uh, say the famine didn't meet the qualification for genocide because it wasn't intentional with regards to people's religion or beliefs. I thought that was, was quite interesting. In,
11: on religion only, but in regards to the fact that we were Irish people living in Ireland, it was deliberately intentional. Oh, no,
1: I'm just saying to, what the to, professor said. He didn't. It didn't meet yeah, the criteria did, of genocide, he said. But, but it did meet the criteria okay, of genocide, okay. because it was directed... Well, look, a no, just, just a moment there, I don't want to give that.
11: you any
10: more oxygen than you already have. Uh, yeah. But what I'm, what I'm finding here is the idea that you want to create a situation of uh removing as you say the Victorian quarter. Yeah. Now it's, it's, would this would this also include that we uh dismiss all the buildings in the country, like in Dublin of Georgian uh buildings. So should we yeah. change that? So you cannot sell <laughs> a house as a Georgian house. Sorry, but what you're saying is just a nonsensical thing. Like those, well, I those agree, that were, uh, we're, we're talking a lot of nonsense here, and I think the best part of this coming from you, because I meet right. so many people. buildings were built oh, I meet so the many labour people.
11: of skilled Irish the, labourers. Yeah, the Irish it, labourers it, built the it, British. It, British okay. built during a particular historic time, okay. when, when the biggest drug dealer in world history ever happens to be the ruler over this country, against the wishes of the Irish people. That's the only thing that's Victorian about them.
1: What do you it mean by have it that? To do with architecture, right? What yes. what do you mean by that? Above which? The biggest drug dealer ruling the country. She- Victoria was, historically, the
11: biggest drug dealer ever in the history of the planet. How's that? She conducted conducted two of what are called the opium wars against the Chinese people to force opium on them. And in fact, the problems today in Hong Kong are the carryover from that, because the Chinese were forced to yield Hong Kong to the British Empire.
1: Okay, I'm going to keep the ball on the ground here, though. Are you going to continue to go around with the black paint?
11: No, I I would hope, and I said this always, I would hope the city should let this, let's put this behind us now. The city hasn't been found wrong, if you like, in in this particular um, judgment from the court. Let's use it, engage a broad uh, amount of the public as possible in a discussion as to what's appropriate. Let's have a policy about place naming and street naming that does not scandalize our own ancestors. And let's have a historic kind of way of dealing with them. Not forget history. We should remember our history and learn the lessons of it. But let's have a proper naming policy in our city. So I think this opens up the the avenue now for debate. I don't want to name anybody or start arguments with anybody. Let's have a mature debate. We published a document, or we didn't publish published it. We wrote a document four years ago called A Comprehensive
1: Proposal on the Naming of Streets. And I saw that, and it's very extensive, and it gives <laughs> alternatives, yes, I have. But what's the... We've seen all this. If you send you a letter... One a if letter one if you just the the document, right, let, every just every let Paul respond for it, let him go. Yeah, go on, Paul.
10: Yeah, if, if we change every street in, in the country to match up to your criteria at the moment... Uh, you send a letter now to number five, Dame will Call at Terrace, no,
7: whatever it is, a,
10: and it's not going to
7: I'm arrive not, I'm there. The, I'm not
11: the one who, who decides these things. I'm saying that's a public debate about the matter. So what I happens? What, what happens? Hap- okay, now,
1: and while the debate is going on, what happens to Victoria Road? What happens to Victoria Cross, for instance? People, start th- people I would hope, should start thinking of alternatives.
10: Yeah. Have, have you, have you considered consider that there are thirty-two counties in this country that you're so of? course, there, are. Of. Of course, there are. Yes, there are thirty-two. Yes. No, his, I,
1: his argument countries. is that we have street names after the famine queen, and uh, uh, yes. one and a half million people died. Over two million people emigrated.
10: Mm. Yes, and where are they now? And many of them coming Recently home enough. for Christmas. Recently enough,
11: even went the British people tearing down statues of Cromwell. That this is an issue. The people of the UK, it's their business, I know. They shouldn't be honouring Victoria either. She was a tyrant.
1: Okay, much obliged, gentlemen. Watch this space for details. What I can't get out of my head is the legal costs involved in something like this. I know that justice seems to have to do its course and what have you, but I would imagine there would have been a more straightforward way of doing this. Let me just get another caller, and if you don't mind, uh, Gerold, good morning. Uh, I know,
12: this is your uh, Neil.
1: How how are you? Good, thank you. What's Um, on your mind?
12: I just Cork. Cork is the third, wouldn't it be the third uh, city in Ireland after Belfast, Belfast and Cork.
1: Well, Um, it depends on what criteria you're trying to meet here. It would be the second city in the Republic.
12: Well, I mean Ireland, though. Like you know, it's all it's all it's all a a thirty-two county Ireland. When I look at when I look at the McNeil, are you talking about size? Is it both size and whatever? Like no, but going back to the conversation you just said there. It's about time now that we moved on and got rid of all the British all the British names and all this Victoria this and Victoria Cross and all this thing. We are Irish. It's a Cork. People come to Cork to know about Cork history. They learn Cork history. Not the, not you know.
1: So what would you call, like, you're unhappy then with the Victorian Quarter which takes in, say for instance, Patrick's Quay and takes in McCurtain Street and many of the different York Hill areas like that down around uh, the the Lee, you unhappy with that term for that area?
5: Sure we,
12: sure I am. And does most people in Cork would be the same way? No, Neil. We plenty of great Irish people, great Republicans down through Cork, especially the women, the common and women, what they did for the struggle down through the years. It's about time now that we got rid of all these old British things and even even the English market. I get rid of the English market and name it the Cork market.
1: You know. <laughs> Yeah, but while you're at it then, why don't you go and burn books or tear down statues and stuff like that?
12: Uh, Why why, why would you be burning books, Neil? Neil, why would you be burning books, you know? Well, because you don't agree
1: with the contents of them.
12: I know, but that's different. That's a different thing altogether. Because with books, you have to go and buy books. If you're in in the city and you're walking down and you see, oh, the English market there, you know, that's different. You can't buy that. You can buy a book. But it's both time now. Yes, but Neil, every one I mean, of
1: the things you mentioned has a historical significance, mm-hmm. and what you wanted, what you want to do, is to airbrush it or delete these things from history. Well, I, I,
12: look, it's, it's time. It's time. It's a cock city, Neil. You you spent many a time over in London. Yeah. Over in, yeah. in in London, would you ever see? Would you ever see Terence MacSweeney's quarters? Would you ever see the Bobby Salmon Street?
1: You mm, wouldn't. No. no.
12: You know, and you go to other European
1: cities. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't be relevant, though, to have those there?
12: It wouldn't, but why, why is it in Cork? Why is it relevant in, in Cork, you know? No, it's time to move on now, and I agree with that man there that what he did, at least he got the word out, and most people would agree with it, it's time to move on and get rid of all the English names, and we're Irish, and we should be proud of it. That's why people come to Cork. Not just the English
1: names. All right, my friend. You know? Appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for picking up Neil, the phone. Neil, yeah. Neil,
12: don't forget, don't forget, next Friday is the 100th anniversary of the burning of the city. I'll be this talking... be talking about it. Uh, no, I'll be talking
1: it, about it on Friday. I'm, I'm holding off till Friday, which will be the day itself, all right? Yeah, Neil, just before you
12: go there, we're launching a book there uh, on Friday, on Saturday, down in East Cork, down in the Hadda. Yeah. Uh, it's called Rebel the Hatter, and it'll be in Waikis. In Wykett, uh the, the, the guy that, that wrote it, he'd like to come on and say a few words, if it's possible, maybe before Friday. It's all about East Cork and Clan Mult and...
1: Is it possible it to get a copy of the book, Jar? Do you think
12: it would, of course, sure, right. in the book
1: we'll send the book up, Jar. Please I, do that. I, I, Have uh, a look at it and be happy to oblige at that point. All right. Yeah.
12: Okay, Neil. Thanks you very
1: thank much. He said, "Thank you." Text to eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Can, can we come back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red one zero four to one zero six Red FM. You've got
1: a lovely email from Romano Macari who's now based in Dublin. The great Romano Macari, I want to read that out to you after eleven o'clock this morning. He just picks up on chips and the taste of chips and why many people think that chips taste better in dublin he's got a good reason behind that having been in that business for many many years so i will read that out a little later on this morning and after all i was very very saddened uh, yesterday to hear of the death of Janie cochland in mccroom uh, i got a number of texts from different people like here's one for instance from john and he says hi neil just to let you know A good friend of yours, Janie Coughlin in McCroom, who you spoke to many times on the air and who's a great character and a legend known by many uh, in Mary Ann's pub and known by many for the wind-ups, uh, she was buried this week. A legend of a McCroom woman, gone, but will never be forgotten. Yes, indeed, I was very sad to hear that because she was a great character. She had the most infectious laugh and she had a wonderful way about her. Uh, and it's a typical example as well of how in the city people are known as Colin and in county and other areas then they're known as Cocklin. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but she did pass away this week and uh, on a number of occasions, two that I know of, uh, she was caught on wind-ups uh, with Mick Mulcahy back in the day. Uh, and after 11 this morning, I'm going to play one of those wind-ups uh, that Janie Coughlin was in with Mick Mulcahy way back. And I want to say thank you to my colleagues in 96FM for facilitating the audio for me. I do appreciate that, guys, and thank you for it. So I'll have that audio for you after 11 o'clock, as we remember the great uh, Janie Coughlin, who passed away this week. She was an incredible character and much loved. A lot of different texts. You know, it's 25 for a wedding and it's 25 for a funeral. There's nothing you can do about that. But when you hear of pubs opening when they shouldn't be opening, and then kind of weirdness going on in hotels I've been invited to a wedding later this month Neil, 50 people have been invited to this wedding the hotels are using the hotel is using two function rooms in order to get around the loophole of government, only allowing wedding receptions to have 25 people Golfgate, anyone? Golfgate? I've spoken to the couple and they mentioned that people can float in and out of whatever room they want, especially as there's music so there'll be no social distancing. They will pull the curtains down at the front of the venue so the guardie will won't know anything is happening inside. I'm not going to this wedding as I have vulnerable family members and I also want to look out for the greater public health. How can this hotel think about doing this and be so negligent? This is a COVID-19 positive cluster waiting to happen. Why do they value money over people's health? If they're doing it for this couple, you can be sure they're doing it for every other couple who's having their wedding there under these restrictions at 25. When other hotels are obeying the guidelines to the letter, it's very unfair that other hotels can flood the law and get away with it. You should highlight what hotels are breaking government restric- restrictions and which ones are not, as I would like to support the ones that aren't. Uh, with my business in the future. I'm sure your listeners feel the same. P.S. I have emailed this hotel several times to ask them directly about this and they never contact me back. Uh, love the show. Warm regards, Mark. Um, I'm told that we do know the name of this hotel, yeah? And I'm told that the lads have contacted the hotel waiting for a response, asking them what are their guidelines, what's their protocol. But for now, what Mark is saying is that um, they're going to use two reception rooms 25 in one, 25 in the other, and you can float between rooms and they're pulling the curtain down down at the front of the hotel so the guards won't know anything about it. I mean, how many people out there would think that maybe you should call the guards and say this is the date of the wedding? I mean, whistleblow. But then on the other side of that then, you'd have a very upset bride and groom um, who would have to cancel the wedding or to ditch 25 guests. But guidelines are guidelines they, you could say they shouldn't have got themselves in this situation in the first place so it'll be interesting to see if the hotel come back um, the lads know the hotel I don't know the hotel I'd like to find out the hotel but at this point I don't know so we'll watch the space for details back in a minute lines are open at one 104 106 I won't come back actually I'll hold off until after 11 on this so that's interesting with regards to the wedding and then a fast one then with regards to um, some of the texts and calls from yesterday, we had a lot of funny Christmas stories. And Jenny says, "Well done! Yesterday was so much fun. I loved it." My aunt uh, Ken says, "My aunt was parked on Union Key. She was Christmas shopping um, uh, about ten years ago. She came back to her car and it was clamped. She rang and paid for it over the phone. She went for a coffee and then came back when the clamp was off uh, and tried to get into the car. Uh, it wouldn't open. It wasn't her car." Her own car, which was the same colour and model as the one that got clamped, was further up the road, unclamped. (laughs) Can't beat that. Uh, One night, I came out of a shop and I left my husband. He was waiting for me. So he moved up a bit from the shop. When I came out, I jumped into the car, but it wasn't our car. A woman just started screaming in the driver's seat, and so did I in the passenger seat. A crowd came and asked what happened. My husband was outside of our car and he couldn't stop at the laughing. I got the fright of my life and it's not easy to give me a fright. So that's people continually getting into other people's cars. I was walking through a shopping centre with my partner. I thought he was walking by my side so I put my hand out to hold his hand. It wasn't his hand I was holding. It was an elderly gentleman's. We were hand in hand with the man looking rather amused. My partner was almost falling over for the laughing. I can see that in my head, actually. You're walking along, holding hands with the elderly gentleman, chatting away to your heart's content, not realizing. And the elderly chap just laughing away, thinking it was great fun. And then a big response to the difference between Santi uh, and Santa. um, Many people suggesting that uh, I should continue to say Santi. I'm 26 and it's Santi, Santi, Santi. Uh, My two-year-old will forever know him as Santi. It's the way I was brought up. And that's that. Santee all the way. Um, It's Santee for me forever. What is Santee bringing you for Christmas? Is what I ask the kids, says Kathleen. I agree with you. I say Santee as well. It's a West West Cork thing, says Denise. Others suggesting that it's a Northside thing. Not a West Cork thing at all. Uh, I have twin nephews who are half Irish, half Polish. And this year, all they can say is Santi, Santi, Santi. Uh, morning. Just a quick one. I'm a teacher at Abandoned Grammar School. The transition year students are holding a Christmas fair this Thursday and Friday in aid of Irish Cancer Society. One group is holding a raffle. Uh, the reason uh, I'm making contact is because I want to highlight the huge generosity of ba- abandoned businesses. The students went to these businesses last Friday and indeed this week, and are totally overwhelmed by their generosity, especially during these difficult times. So lots of good messages out there. Uh, And a big thank you as well. Uh, I won an Azure jewellery voucher over Halloween. I put some money towards it and got a beautiful piece of jewellery for my partner. I couldn't fault the guys in Azure or their range. That was a competition we did for Azure. At the moment, we're doing one for uh, Michelle, the jeweller. So in an hour's time, I'll open the phone lines you need to be able to identify these three songs. They're stitched together very tightly. It's a 200 euro voucher for this. Okay. Those
0: three songs, artists and titles. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM.
1: So whether it was Santa or Santa from the other day, and then yesterday we had a caller on the air from the county who referred to it as an Advent calendar. For dogs, we had a lot of fun with that. Mind you, Linda believes it was I who kept on saying calendar. Stop saying it; it's calendar. You're annoying me now. That wasn't me. I was just engaging in a conversation with somebody who does use a different pronunciation. Be interesting actually to get more stories on different pronunciations or different things and how we interpret it. Actually, on a serious note, Desi does ask. I know that some of the Islamic community don't celebrate Christmas as we do, but how do the parents explain to their children? Especially the little ones living here, who see all the other kids getting new toys. How do they explain to them what's going on? It must be difficult. I must say, I've seen some Islamic people last year in the city Christmas shopping and getting boxed gifts and what have you. So I'm just curious. Uh, well, maybe some people, regardless of their religious, embrace other people's traditions. Uh, text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty. Uh, 104, 106, and we'll plough on from there. There's more, actually. There's a response from a bus driver, actually, (coughs) with regards to too many people getting on their buses. Tell Neil that to come on the bus someday (coughs) and see how it is for a driver during the Christmas period. It's a lot harder now over COVID. We do tell people to wear the mask, and they just walk past us. We ring the company, and we get nowhere with them. And if the guards are called, we could be waiting for hours for them to arrive We just can't win. I'd be killed by passengers if I did any of that. I suppose many bus drivers tried and then just gave up on it. I have another lengthy email, which I won't have time to do right now, uh, regarding the 207 from Patrick Street to Ballyvalan and the experience on that bus with too many people on it and people sitting too close. I know we're kind of back to the COVID narrative, and I know that that annoys some people, but sometimes you just get dragged back to COVID from time to time. and I mentioned earlier that Janie Coughlin died um, and Janie was much loved by many people not just in her own hometown of McCroom but to anybody that heard her with uh, Mick Mulcahy back in the day when he caught her with a couple of windups um, twice that I can remember off the top of my head and the lads were chatting with with Mick Mulcahy yesterday about the passing of Janie and uh, he was recalling um, you know, um, quite an amount of conversations that he had with the down through the years because he would go a lot of the time down to McCroom and out with Janie. I did two back in the day. I haven't been down there in years. Mark Mullen and going for a couple of pints in Ann's and what have you. But she died this week and we thought it would be a nice idea uh, to just recall the great Janie Coughlin. There were two that I knew of and I've just chosen this one. And this uh, goes back many years to the 1990s uh, when the windups were blazing a trail on air. And again, my thanks uh, to my pals at uh, 96 for this audio. Here is uh, Janie Coughlin.
13: Hello? Hello? Could I speak to Mrs. Jane Coughlin, please? Speaking? In Kilnegurtin in McCroom. That's right. Damien Nolan is my name, Mrs. Coughlin. I'm calling you from Flyaway Travel in Ballsbridge in Dublin. Yes? Uh, we seem to have a little bit of a problem with a son of yours. Are uh, you a mother to Aidan Coughlin? I
14: am, yes.
13: In Massey Town, McCroom. That's
14: right.
13: Yeah, he he's given your phone number as a contact number. He said he doesn't have a phone himself.
14: Yep, not, that's right.
13: Aidan was a guest of ours, one of our clients, on, uh, a, a flight on Friday night to Ibiza. That's right,
14: yes.
13: Now, he's run into a small bit of difficulty, I'm afraid, Mrs. Coughlin.
14: In what way? Yes?
13: In, well, he's actually in jail. Oh, for God's sake. It's a kind of a long story. Do you have a couple of minutes? I have. Okay. Aidan, last night, was in a club called Manumission, which is the biggest club in Ibiza. Yes. Now, this goes on all night. It's a 24-hour night night club. Uh, It culminates at 6 a.m., 6 in the morning, with a bit of a strip show. Yeah. And, let's say, the guests, you know, who'd be drinking and fraternizing, etc. Right. we, We get a lot of them up on stage to do various things. Yes. Now, what we were looking for last night was somebody to dress up as a fireman. A fireman. And he's a member of the fire brigade. He is a member of the fire brigade, so, so so, he told our staff over there.
14: Yes, he is a
13: genius. So, what they did was they, they gave him all the fu- the fire. You know, it's only mock stuff. Yes. But, but they gave it to him. And uh, and then he was meant to be the hero fireman who, right. who goes and rescues the model. Yeah. So there's a bit of an obstacle course involved. Right. And so we had all the smoke machines going and everything in the club. Yeah. And Aiden set off through the obstacle course to To collect the fair maiden, and you know, he was really professional about it. And he got over the obstacle course through the fountain and everything,
14: yes.
13: And he, uh, he got to Carmella, who's our model, yeah. Um, of course, she was scantily clad in a bikini, right. Um, and just for the fun of it, then Aiden knew what was to happen is that you know, she was so proud to be rescued, yes, by this dashing fireman that uh, she would proceed to relieve him of his firefighting equipment and his Macintosh and his boots, right. And, um, well, you know, just have a little bit of a fun as part of the strip show. Yeah. But I'm afraid, Mrs. Coughlin, that uh, your son, well, he got a little bit carried away.
14: Yeah.
13: Not to put too fine a point on it, uh, it turned into what you can only say was was, was a full sex show.
14: Yeah.
13: Aidan got a little amorous. You know, he probably had a few drinks too many in. Yes. Uh, anyway, this, this girl's boyfriend... Jumped up on the stage. Aiden was standing proud up there and uh, Aiden got the better of him. He knocked out two of his teeth and ended, ended up in the San Antonio jail. Isn't that dreadful? I, is he like this normally?
14: No, 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 no. It's no trouble at all. Is he not? No, no. He was never in trouble with the police in his life. And I mean, if you want to vouch for that, you can ring the, the guard station here in Lemacrum. And the one thing I said to him going away was to be, make sure he didn't get into trouble.
13: Sexy ladies out there in their scantily clad bikinis and everything.
14: And his girlfriend is with him.
13: I know, she wasn't too impressed either.
14: I'd imagine she wouldn't be.
13: Yeah. I say when she gets her hands on him now, he'll, he'll wish he was deported. Yeah, yeah. But he he was the real fireman hero, you know, un- I, until he got <laughs> to the pretty
14: girl. If I had a hold him, no, I would literally wring his neck
13: for him. It's just when, when he got to Carmella, and she, she she's a buxom and blonde, you know, she's yeah. got all, all the figures and all the curves in the right places. I know, being, is, yes. being a red-blooded male, you know, his hormones maybe got the better of him. And Although, in fairness, Carmella seemed to be enjoying it. Yes. But uh, the boyfriend wasn't too impressed. Yes. It's, it seems he had about 25 pints to drink. Oh,
14: for God's sake. No wonder he was in med. Do, does
13: he normally drink that much?
14: No, oh God, no. But well, he do drink... Yeah? But he's well able to handle it. Is he? Oh, very well able to handle it. That, that's over three gallons now. But, I mean, he wouldn't drink that amount.
13: Twenty-five pints. I
14: mean, I never seen him coming into me here staggering around the place or anything like that. Do, does he
13: normally get Randy when he puts on the fireman gear?
14: I don't know. No. <laughs> no, not as a rule, no. No? No, just a drink.
13: Because, you know, if, 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 if you were a fair maiden now and your house was on fire and, and you saw Aiden coming through the door to rescue you, you know, would you be worried that, you know, you mightn't oh. get out in one piece, like?
14: Oh, God, no, he's not a bit like that. No? No, no.
13: No, Are you partial to a few drinks yourself then, yeah?
14: Oh, I would, yes. I yeah?
13: Would. would you have 25 of them?
14: I would not.
13: Double vodka, he, he told our staff. But did he
14: tell you that, um, that I drink double vodka? Come here, was he going to have his- game or what? He, he seems I to th- tell you when I meet him, he'll be left for fing dead. I think no, i kill him. He,
13: he seems to think that uh, you know, you, you were able to drink him under the table any day of the week.
14: At the way he's after carrying on out there, it, it certainly looks that way, don't it? Because I couldn't imagine myself carrying on like that even if I did drink twenty five vodka.
13: But he said you'd be well able to take twenty five of them.
14: Come here to me. He must have been completely and utterly insane, must
13: he? Ah no, he was fine. I, I mean he was you know he was standing up, he was quite lucid and everything. Lucid. He was, he was fine, yeah? He
14: won't be f***ing lucid, but when I get to catch a hold of him, I guarantee you that I leave him for f***ing dead. I feel like tearing him into tiny pieces. My little f***er, and it's the one thing I told him when he was gone away, to behave himself and not get into trouble.
13: Ah, oh, but you know, when you're in, you know, getting a bit of sunshine lots of drinks in.
14: Sunshine? I Jesus, I am telling you to be long time before you see sunshine again. Well, My w- little f***. and he's nothing else.
13: Well, I wouldn't like to cross you.
14: Well, I doubt if I'll ever meet you.
13: Well, I, I'd love, I'd love to come and meet you because you sound.
14: Jesus, I'm shaking.
13: You sound, sa- you sound really, really nice to me. Oh,
14: yeah. oh good God, you sound quite nice
13: yourself. And I... Thank you for being so helpful. No problem. I'm, I'm sure I will meet you again. Oh,
14: uh, hopefully.
13: Because this is the second time I caught you, Jamie.
14: What? Well, <laughs> what? Well, welcome along. Don't to- f***ing tell me that you, McPate. Ah. Well, you know what it is. I mean, I'm here, man. f***ing shaking.
13: You want to see your son-in-law next to me, Martin? What? I
14: kill him. <laughs> I will literally kill him Hold now. Done, oh, fuck you, Martin. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh, Jesus, like you're a lucky pack of f*** insiders. <laughs> Michael here. Yes. I will t- do you in.
13: I believe I owe you another couple of double you vodkas. You
14: most certainly do. You <laughs> owe me a bottle of it. Jesus, I'm telling you, I believe every fucking word of it. <laughs>
1: The late Janie Coughlin from McCroom and our condolences and our thoughts are with all of her family and all of her friends and the greater community who will be all the worse for her loss. Um, That was very, I mean, you heard in the background Mert Mullen there and McMulcahy, Mulcahy, Director of Operations. Frank O'Brien was very much across those at the time as well and they would come up with all of these different ways of... Um, you know, conducting the wind-ups. I have to say, I had the the pleasure from time to time way back in the day uh, of being allowed to sit in the room of the studio down on the ground out of vision so they couldn't see me because you'd distract them as they were working otherwise. Um, and I found it difficult not to laugh, you know. I mean, I didn't want to spoil the, the wind-up, but they were hilariously funny. To watch them being made um, and to the professionalism that went into them. And, and I've had an opportunity over the years as well to hear an awful lot of the wind ups that never got to wear because that, not everybody was happy with having them played on the air at the time. Um, so they were refused permission to have them played Um, they were deleted in case anybody's worried about it but I remember some of them they were just so funny they never got to wear I think it's fair to say uh, that a lot of the time the ones that didn't get to wear were as good or better than the ones that did get to wear and that's saying something considering the ones that got to wear were so good so a little bit of nostalgia there for you as we remember the great Janie Coughlin who died this week
0: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86
1: 8104 Red FM. Hey, okay, y'all. And time now for some more wonderful emails from around the world, or indeed two people around the world. And our winner of yesterday's hamper, just like home hamper, is off to Maastricht in the Netherlands. Dave Van Vorden is Dutch. His girlfriend, Tracy Taylor, is from Bantry. And I read out there a uh, lovely email yesterday. She listens live, and then when she can, she listens to the podcast. To keep her in touch with home. So, a uh, big shout out to all of the in laws down in Durrus Way and Bantry Way and a hamper on, a way, on the way to Maastricht in the Netherlands. Um, enjoy. Uh, so, to some emails from today. My name is Noreen Collins. I'm the daughter of the late Nora Walsh from Tomes McCroom. She was one of your biggest fans and had one of her bucket list things crossed off when she got to meet you the year before she passed away i remember nora a great lady i'm emailing to see if my brother in chicago would be considered for one of your hampers stephen hasn't come home to ireland in a couple of years and i was due home this year his wife and kids they gave him a ticket for his 50th but due to COVID, it didn't happen god knows when i'll see him i have another brother in chicago um as well and god knows when i'll see him another brother in chicago and a brother in called Pat in Rhode Island but I'd love Stephen to be considered for the hamper it would be a great surprise he could share it with Jimmy because they spend Christmas together in Chicago they all miss my parents terribly since they passed away and being so far away makes it harder for them thanks Neil to you and everybody keep the show going you've been doing a great job since March Merry Christmas to you all says Noreen another one here please nominate my two daughters Uh, Paula's a nurse in Melbourne she's loving it there she'll be there four years this coming January and happy birthday to her on the 7th. She didn't come home this year obviously for obvious reasons and Kira is teaching in Sydney and she's also loving it. So one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Uh, Please do a bit of magic and split a hamper in two for my two wonderful daughters. They love everything Irish and especially Cork. We miss them so much, more so at Christmas time. They were great at organizing secret Santa and Christmas surprises for their brothers and sisters, so we'd love to surprise them. And that's from Mary Collins. Hope this email finds you well. Please nominate my brother Kieran and his wife Rose in Perth, Australia. They have two beautiful grown-up girls, Coitlin and Shauna. It could be Kathleen. I'm hoping I'm not pronouncing it wrong. We've not seen them in person since my father passed away this Monday coming the 7th of December in 2015. Kieran gets very homesick, as does Rose, so the hamper would cheer them up with a taste of home. We FaceTime, we WhatsApp, and we Facebook. We've all the social media contacts, but it's not the same. You can't hug on your phone. It's so hard watching your beautiful nieces turn into little girls um, and then into beautiful young ladies through a screen. But the have excelled Too All these stunning young women, and I'm proud of them. They all have amazing sunny lives in Australia, but we miss them so much. And Kieran loves Irish especially Tanora and my mam's Sunday dinners. We'd be very grateful if you could send them one of your hampers to cheer them up. We love listening to the show and hearing the latest news every day. Happy Christmas to all, says Katrina Stout. And Katie says, my friend Ellen's in Vancouver, loves the show, listens every day when she's at work, and has all her Canadian colleagues talking about the show. Whenever we speak to her, she tells us the stories you have talked about, like the man who had the 50 grand put into his bank account. <laughs> That was keith that was very good i'd love if you could give her a shout out please on the show would make her christmas abroad she's from kinsale and no doubt her mother Anne will be listening as well thanks for the lovely email kate and a big shout out to ellen in vancouver british columbia and all of her canadian colleagues who are now listening perhaps a hamper for my sister Frances in san francisco she's there 36 years she hasn't been home for a while now in 2019 she was due home but i fractured my ankle so she changed her ticket and came home early to look after me she was due to come home again this christmas um unfortunately there was the unexpected death of our brother jerry and now with all of the covid restrictions we don't know when we'll meet again she loves fig rolls tato's and cadbury's chocolate and your show that's a lovely email from Bernice Pickett thank you for that one final one for now okay please nominate my son and daughter for one of your hampers Colin and of Hester in Sydney Colin's there five years Niamh's there a year and a half Colin was sent to London with work And we were thrilled as we thought he'd get home for a visit. But unfortunately, COVID hit and he was locked down in London for three months. So that did not happen. Then he had to go back and isolate in a hotel for 14 days. It was hard to be so near and yet so far. London. We were just so disappointed that he didn't get home. Neaves in Sydney. Working from home, they're both looking forward to traveling home, or at least were for Christmas. Now that won't happen. So a hamper with some of your goodies would really cheer them up. They'd love a cup of Barry's tea. Love the show. Thanks to all Seamus and Anne hester if i get a chance i'll read out some more this side of uh, midday but you still have a couple of days to send your own just like home hamper log on to justlikehome.ie and they will send it to your loved ones overseas and i'll also recap as to exactly what's in those hampers a little later on okay keep the emails coming neil at redfm.ie some will win hampers but i'll endeavor to give as many shout outs as i can and read as many as possible so we wish everybody a happy christmas are you well? I am, I'm not too bad. I broke my hip, so I walk
7: like a penguin. Oh, you
1: walk like a penguin. They tell <laughs> yeah. me They tell me that if you were a horse or a dog, you'd have been put down long ago.
7: I would, that's it, I <laughs> would, years ago. I have 14 things around with me.
1: Oh my God, oh my God. You must have got an extra one since yesterday, because they told me yesterday I it am- was 13.
7: <laughs> oh no, I'm 14. Oh my God. I got God. my pen. My platelets, I don't know if you ever heard
1: of them. Oh, I have problems with them myself, girl. Don't be talking to me.
7: Oh, do you? Because you bleed from the
1: nose. (laughs) I haven't got to that stage yet.
7: (laughs) I was seven and a half hours bleeding from the nose
1: the other night. Oh, for God's sake. I suppose that, you know, what can we do? What are you now, 85?
7: I'm
1: 85, yeah, going on 86. Oh, my God. Yeah. And come here, how have you managed during the last nine months? Has it wrecked your head?
7: Oh, it breaks my head, out it? Because <laughs> there was fellas here to help my house. Like they had to lower my switches because I couldn't reach them. For <laughs> And they had, to, they had to build a ramp for me. Oh, lovely. And go to my legs. You're like the queen. And they, and they had to put um, a new bathroom in for me.
1: Why, well, you're spoiled. Well done.
7: But I have to say, like, they're excellent. They start some oh, yeah. Monday. day. I never finished on Thursday. Well, there.
1: fair play to them for getting it done to make life a bit easier for you. I heard a little birdie tell me that you said the government aren't managing this pandemic properly at all. Is that right?
7: Well, it was in the beginning. They're actually getting better now. In the beginning, they wouldn't open the clinic. And you see, I have dystonia. So I have to get an, ex- an injection every three months. I know. Because my, my next swings to the right. And then they the everything. clinics were closed. I know, I know. And I couldn't get there. You know, your head would be swinging to the right. So, like, I was saying, I was giving out about
1: that. And them. you're dead right to give out because it was it was an awful shame that people couldn't get regular stuff looked after for so long. I I know that you would have gone through the TB epidemic. Surely you recall that?
7: Oh, I did. I went to the gym. But yeah. like my one said the other day. I rang Renault, and she said the lines are very busy and if you, if you have an emergency ring um, an ambulance
1: I know I know
7: and I didn't want to be going into a hospital and
1: maybe oh, up for the say. virus Dad or MRSA you know? yeah. no okay I know I hear the hospitals are great you know they really are they're going through all of the proper cleanliness and sanitation protocols so if you need to do any of that you'll be well looked after but have you, have you family around the world did I hear that
7: well, I have a, a daughter in the north side, in Lashfield, but my other daughter then is in San Francisco, my son is in New York, and my other daughter is in Australia.
1: Well, fair play. And plenty. they can't, get you know. No, they can't. And would and they I'm, normally be coming home to you at Christmas time? Always, yeah. I know, it's a curse, isn't it? I know, I know.
7: And And do you
1: you know know how to Zoom call and do you know how to do video calls with them and everything? Does Tracy look after you? you? Or does Sabrina look after you?
7: Oh, she's very good, yeah. She is. And my daughters are... I'm very lucky with my daughter Tracy. You are. And my daughter Rosary. Yeah, yeah. But although it's now is intellectually disabled...
1: You have to look at Like, she's
7: her. fantastic, you know?
1: I know, I know.
7: Like, when she was born, they told me I should put her in the home. But if I put her in the home, I've been raging. She's absolutely brilliant today. That was you something know?
1: you would never have considered doing. You were born in the 30s, no. weren't you? In the 1930s?
7: That's right, 35. You've
1: seen it all, girl, haven't you? Seen it all.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone through a lot. Oh, well, we've done a lot of... them. Um, like, I've had a good life because we went to, we traveled to China to do some plays and we traveled to, um, America to the women's college and we done 14 workshops.
1: What a My second. But, what, what were you involved, I, were you involved in the dramatic arts then?
7: I, will I was only like, we called ourselves, we went back to college when we were 55 <laughs> and we ended our, um, what we had to do, like at the end, we turned it into a play wow. of our Lord going up the mount with his book, and as he went the mount, his book got heavier.
1: Go away! So we
7: travelled the world then with the play.
1: There's a know? message in there, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, it's
7: great. So I mean. Yeah, so you're uh, re- you're uh, obvi-
1: you're religious, so you probably miss. Do you miss mass, or are you sneaking in on the sly?
7: No, it's very good here every Sunday. You'll get a grandma's to tell him. On the, <laughs> the
1: television. I know,
7: yeah. Yeah. I know.
1: You know. Well, what would Christmas be like? It'll be a different year, won't it? A different Christmas.
7: Oh, it will. Because my children can't come home. I'm only the two that are here now. You know, it's I awful. Know.
1: I know. I know.
7: I know. And uh, well, they're very upset too, like, because uh, most of the time they think I'm dying.
1: They're just worried think- because they're overseas, you know? That's all. Okay. Yeah, you
7: yeah. see. But yeah, they'll hear course this course now you. and
1: they'll they'll hear this on the radio and they'll know that you're in fine form.
7: Oh yeah. I was their grand as I said. Yeah, sure they and they're all very good for coming home. And were you when and, they can
1: were you married a long, long time you were? I don't know anything about your husband. What was his name?
7: My husband's name is Joel McCarthy. Is, but he died um, forty seven years ago.
1: Wow. He died young and then, I had, Maureen.
7: I had my last daughter seven months after he died. So I was two months on her when he died of cancer.
1: Oh, the misfortune. You know? He must have been in his 40s, was he?
7: He was 38, Oh, yeah. so
1: young. And did you rear the family on your own then?
7: The five children. Yeah, I four. And
1: boy well listen hopefully yeah. December now will be a lot better for us and you'll be able to get out and maybe a few people will be able to call in but for now it's your daughter your daughters and your carer that looks after you uh, and I'm told that you're spending some of that time writing poetry is that right
7: that's right
1: yeah you sent me on your poem the coronavirus I
7: have it here in front of me well, I do it so. Um,
1: in your own please. time now, in your best loud Southside accent, The Coronavirus, okay. by Maureen McCarthy. Okay.
7: The coronavirus cause sorrow and strife, and some lost their jobs, and some had a right to apply to the government for a helping hand, which was given by volunteers in office. The guards and army were out in their teams, making some children that their Easter bunny would fulfill their dreams. We are upset to be cocooned so long and wished that with God's help and the people, it will soon pass on. But no country is safe. We are in this together to help people survive and look after each other. I hope when it's over, people will see How greedy and selfish, and no time for each other. We all have our gloves, our aprons, and masks, and hoping the virus will leave us soon, so we can get out and not be cocooned. The world becomes kinder, less selfish and greedy, and think of others, especially the needy, and help all around but the homeless and hungry, they are so few have no money or homes,
1: you know? You're a superstar. Well done. I couldn't do that. Not if I was in a quiet room for a whole week, I couldn't do that. It's beautifully <laughs> summed up. No, I could not. It's beautifully summed up where we're at and oh. where we've come through. And are you optimistic that all will be well in the new year?
7: I am. I'm like, sure all these things happened. So we went through the polio. We went through the state with mouth. We've gone through so many different... We went through the war. We've gone through so many different things that we'll conquer, you know?
1: Dust yourself down, pick yourself up, and get on with it, is it?
7: Yeah, yeah. But I don't think... You know, they kind of all think it's God. But God isn't doing this. Because no. he wouldn't do it to the, the, you know, the poor and the... Like the most vulnerable leave the rich get leave the rich get richer and the poor get poorer.
1: We'll get through it. I get
7: up in the morning you say, No, Mr. Evil, what have you for me? <laughs> because there's something happens every day, you know.
1: <laughs> Why don't you say, Now, Mr. Nice Guy, what have you got for me today?
7: <laughs> but you he wouldn't be making this all poor and people are losing their minds. I know. What's and going like on there's so nobody There's nothing happening about this. Like if you you went around out there, there's loads of people there. They can't cope with the situation. They can't cope.
1: It's getting harder. They have no hope, you see, but the vaccine is a hope now, please God.
7: Oh, yeah, but we'll get that again. only the rich.
1: Uh, Ah, not at all. We'll all get that. You'll You'll be one of the first to get it. Are you joking me?
7: I don't know. We we'll see, we'll see. I tell you when I get it. Well you you, know you come
1: it. you come back to me when you've got it, all right? And tell me.
7: Oh, I Say to me, I got I the job,
1: Prendo. I got the job.
7: Well yeah. <laughs> but
1: in the vaccine. Um if I don't talk to you before Christmas, happy Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time and regards and to all of your family you. at home and on the north side and overseas, all right? Oh yeah,
7: that's
1: great. See you later, okay, Maureen. Thanks. God bless.
7: And thanks very much for ringing. Oh, it's my
1: pleasure. Bye. Thanks for taking my call. Bye. And
4: a happy Christmas.
1: You too. Bye. Many happy returns. Bye.
2: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850
1: 104 106. I played, so somebody texted. I played the Pogues there were Christy McCall, Fairy Tale in New York. Fairy Tale, the proper version. No fecking about on Cork's Red FM. More on that in a few minutes' time. Listen, you're listening out for that cue to call sometime between now and midday. The cue to call for the Glen Eagle giveaway. You will win at two night midweek break at one of Ireland's leading hotels, the luxurious Breton in Killarney breakfast each morning, uh, and also home to the Angsana Spa, the overlooking Killarney National Park. And a great gift idea this Christmas, a Gleneagle group gift cards. So you're listening out for that. Just on Fairy Tale New York, my 18-year-old daughter came out as gay this year and while I fully support her, the fairy tale of New York is a classic of its time. It's not offending any LGBT people in any way. Cop on people, let history be and try and stop changing it. Morning, going back to the situation in the 80s that you refer to or the 70s for that matter with gay people I remember even uh, if a teenager or man was wearing a pink shirt or pushing a pram on the street, He was deemed to be a sissy or gay. It was not good. Ireland at the time was the only country in Europe where it was still a criminal offence to have a gay sexual relationship. There was an episode of Key to the Door on RTE with David Norris. It was very good. Back in the day, it was considered gay people were sick. David Norris applied to the department for sick benefit and they wouldn't give it to him. It's great to see how far Ireland has come. I think David Norris would have made a great president, says Desi. Morning, if they ban Fairytale in New York, then why can't they ban the WAP song or any rap song for that matter? They're full of offensive lyrics on many different levels. What's this world coming to? John says, offense is taken, not given. Just because someone takes offense, it doesn't mean they're right. It's time for people to grow up, be an adult about things and move on. If people are offended by Fairytale in New York, then they have to be offended with faggot hill in clawheen or dyke parade in the mardike where does it all end uh, and there are many like this with regards to sexually explicit lyrics and songs for instance when i was six relax by frankie goes to hollywood was released and i sang along happily oblivious to the lyrics there's a few songs in the 80s that i hear now and i think how do they get away with that i guess Dar straits money for nothing's an example of that it's not too much to ask to remove the word from the song while played on the radio, is it? Children should not be hearing that word. "Wop," for instance, and other songs like it, um, is not played for children. There's no comparison. There's no comparison with the N-word in rap music as black people have taken the word back to empower them. Every older generation fights for change uh, and accuses young people of being soft. Meanwhile, history shows that young people, regardless of the generation, were always correct each time. Um, And this one says, the PC Brigade taking issue with the song Fairytale in New York is another symptom of the leftist media. They've gone too far. I don't hear the same rhetoric towards so-called artists like Cardi B, who have a huge following of young girls, promoting the over sexualization of young women. She is disgusting and grotesque, and no more an artist than my dog, yet has a huge following behind her, corrupting the minds of little girls. Now, I'm not agreeing with that in any way, shape or form with some of the language used there. But if you ever want to see what the lyrics of songs are like these days, taken to extreme, check out the lyrics of Cardi B, uh, certainly with regards to sex uh, and women. Uh, And I think to some idea, to some, uh, some might say that her lyrics actually are empowering women, to own their body and to own their own feelings. till New York can't be changed or edited. As the singer who sang the line, Kirsty McCall, is no longer with us. Leave it alone. Um, I find that F word really upsetting and offensive. It's a word that should have been left behind decades ago. Would it be acceptable if the word was the N word? I think not. Um, again, It depends where you're coming from with regards to the N-word. In some ways, it is a very acceptable term when it comes to members of the black community and also in music um, created uh, by uh, people um, who wouldn't be white, uh, you know. So that's the difference there. But, you know, the use of the N-word in any other connotation seems to be very much unaccepted because it's deemed to be very derogatory and racist. So there's reams of these and I can come back to more of them throughout the course of the morning. Um, keep those lines, keep those calls coming at one 104 I'll squeeze one or two in before uh, midday but I did mention earlier on that Romano got in touch with me. This all started with regards to chips. Somebody said that um, chips and chippers in Cork are in no way comparable to Dublin chippers and he was saying he could never, he was always looking forward to trips to Dublin to taste proper chipper chips. Um, and we got a lot of conversation going on that um, and, and during the conversation, I was talking about, about Romano and about Italian chippers on Lee's side Lee of whatever you might recall that. Well, Romano then got an opportunity to have a listen uh, because the family sent him a link to the show from the 3rd of December. And he says, first of all, Neil, many thanks for your compliments. Uh, Alba, who's a relation of uh, Romano's, was correct in saying that the chips taste better in the brown bag. Um The reason the brown bag works, particularly if it's two brown bags, where you double line the bag, is that after the salt and vinegar is put in and the bag is closed, that type of bag holds the steam and it allows the salt and the vinegar to perforate the chips better. Romano says, It's always nicer to eat chips from a bag than a plate, especially walking home after a few scoops. In regards to the cooking, it always tastes better from the chips when you eat them cooked from a proper range and not a fryer, um, you know, the ones with the basket. The reason being that the chip shop will be cooking different things in the range pan, like smoked cod, fresh cod, onion rings, potato cakes. So the oil or the lard will have better flavor in it and those flavors then will be imparted to the chips the reason why some shops don't have these ranges is the cost of them they start at around 40,000 just for the range alone in Dublin though they all have ranges it's the heart of every business Um, so that's the difference now the range would be the big open vat that's full of oil or the lard or whatever and it's facing the counter so if you look over the chipper counter you see down into it it's like a big huge vat uh, of of oil or lard or the case may be as opposed, to, as opposed to the fryers, you know, they're usually against the back wall and they dip baskets into them and they're just used for, for chips primarily. So he's saying that's the difference. The range takes on all of these extra flavors and they're very predominant in Dublin chippers, particularly Italians. So that's what he says. With regards to your other caller, Romano says, about uh, a ghost or a spirit in the building. So this would have been where Rocky's was downstairs and... Um, we were talking to Amanda on the air and she said that she was passed in the corridors upstairs by a ghost of a man. So Rocky says, with regards to Amanda, Rocky says, there was always a presence. So, and of course, Rocky's then had uh, a radio station out of the restaurant as well and it was 24 hours. And Romano said that some of the jocks working through the night when we had WBEN on the top floor used to tell me that they would hear noises in the middle of the night. We actually found it hard to get people to do night shifts on air, so we put it on autopilot and stuff instead. I myself witnessed it on a couple of occasions. There were great days and I miss them very much. Lovely email from a lovely man. So he answers a lot of questions, particularly the ghost of uh, Cook Street uh, and also why uh, Dublin chippers apparently have better chips than us because they use a thing called a range. So lovely to hear from you Romano Happy Christmas to you And all of the family Okay I haven't got a whole lot left lads So I'll just squeeze one or two calls in This side of midday John uh, ideal. So we're back again to the Back in the good old days When people's car keys Would open any bloody car Is it?
15: Yeah um, I suppose this happened about Nine or ten years ago um, I was down in uh, Tesco and Middleton And uh, I was making my way out To the car park And I was a bit probably worse for wear Um and uh, I proceeded over to my car, uh, Toyota Harris at the time, and uh, I put the key in the door, unlocked the door, and just jumped in. And
1: why would you get into my... a car if you were worse for wear? What was that about?
15: Oh no, sorry, I was uh, well, I, I was, uh, I, I was, you know, a uh, bit,
1: bit, bit sick, like I wanted to drink. Though, oh, was bit... <laughs> <laughs> maybe sick from it, but okay, I get you. I just <laughs> a little bit alarmed. Anyway, go on.
15: Oh no, sorry, sorry. All right. Uh, no, it uh, just, just a, a bit deal at the time, but yeah. uh, I walked <laughs> over to the car and uh, and uh, put the key in the door anyway, uh, locked the door, and sat in and uh, put my bag down and the passenger side. And it said, uh, kind of just something kind of triggered that this something strange about this. You know, it didn't seem like you know uh, it wasn't my car or something. And I looked to be left, and uh, there
0: was a handbag in the post.
15: Oh my God, my really? <laughs> yeah, so. I proceeded to remove myself from the car and phone my car to a base over again. <laughs> my God. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was a bit surprised the key opened the door but uh, you know it did it very anyway, I suppose. And that was it only was
1: 10 key. years ago.
15: It was about 10 years ago yeah. It was, uh, an so awesome. my Toyota
1: Yaris know. will open your Toyota Yaris. I don't know my key opened that anyway. <laughs> Unless you had a master key. I know, I know it could have been it could have been very embarrassing if she came back the woman exactly, with the handbag and yeah. the purse yeah I got I had a cold
15: and I, looked at her, I said "Geez, I've got to remove myself from here I know, I,
1: really I, know, I know I know Speedy um, Gonzalez. yeah all right.
15: Yeah. I think what should be that the car was mine is a lot cleaner than mine so
1: thanks <laughs> <laughs> <An laughs> so yeah, not mine thanks John appreciate it Helen good morning
16: hi Neil how are okay, you okay
1: so from cars back to turkeys what have you got
16: um, years ago my, when well, my father was from Skibarine and every year they'd send he'd go down and collect the turkey um, the day before Christmas Eve it was kind of a tradition but one year um, well, my we were from Cork, living in Cork so one year my father couldn't get down to collect the turkey so they had no phones or anything at that time so the only thing they could think of was to send him up on the bus <coughs> oh. so um, they put the turkey on the bus anyway and my dad went out to the station to collect the turkey, but when he got down there, the turkey wasn't on the bus. <laughs> so he had no way of finding out where the turkey was, so the only thing he could think of was to wait till the next bus from Skibberine came in.
1: Did he asked the bus driver where's my turkey?
16: Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, he probably said that, and then the busman said, you know, wait till the next bus comes in, he might be on that, so... <laughs> He waited anyway, and when the bus came, there was the turkey on the front seat of the bus, which rope tied around the inside in the box. So we got, our, we got our
1: turkey then. Was the turkey charged a fare from Skibbereen to Cork?
16: I doubt it, because that was a long... That, that,
1: yeah, if he oh, was, that would be foul, wouldn't it? ba boom.
16: Yeah, very foul, very foul. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I just thought I'd share it with you today oh I love those kind of stories good fashion yeah, ones turkey yeah. coming up from skib on the bus I love it thanks Helen yeah. yeah. okay take, take care, bye. care. Bye. cheers fair play yeah. to you. I love it all day long
0: okay you know the drill guys I don't have to tell you you know the drill call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850 104 106 Red FM ah
1: yes it's off again uh, people talking about fryers and ranges maybe that's why the chips and the golden fries sound, taste so good uh, somebody mm-hmm says that the golden fry and tasty snack in Churchfield both use a range as opposed to the small little fryers where you just dip the basket the big range this massive big vat of a range full of oil or fat and apparently it makes all the difference so I bet you others will be coming back on that as well congratulations Glen Eagle winner midweek break uh, down in the Breton for Linda Cronin the Maples in Mahan congratulations to you and the last bit of business these are stitched together for a 200 euro voucher from Michelle Jewelers Patrick Street the quality is right, the service is right, they have his expertise and they're there for you. So, artists and titles. Three songs all Christmas, name them all. A 200 euro voucher for you. Get darling now, 1850 104 106. Third one's simple enough, the other two, challenging. Get darling now, 1850104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.